And now, introducing the man who's completely forgotten what work is and how to do it after being gone for more than two weeks as he's grown somewhat concerned that the old adage, quote, if you don't use it, you lose it, unquote, applies to more than just his reproductive organs. While he enjoyed his time away and said it was a nice means of decompression, he's still aware of and planning to follow Pressbox company policy, which clearly dictates that, quote, you can use up to 11 personal days off every seven years, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. It is Glenn Clark Radio, and would you believe it? I'm Glenn Clark. The people aren't happy. The people are not happy. Good to be back. A lot to talk about, so I'll probably not talk about those things and instead talk about the things that I want to talk about because that's the way it goes. we got a busy show slated for you. Of course, the the day that I'm here and haven't talked about anything for a couple weeks, not going to have a lot of time to do it because we've got a lot to do on the program. Well, what did you want to talk about? At least we're hope. Uh, really, quantum physics. Honest. I don't I think you learned of... much about that in your time you off. Know, you don't know that. Give me three facts that. about quantum physics. No, nope, sorry, we don't have the time, Kyle. That's the reality. How convenient. It. We just don't have the time for it. Uh, coming up in a little bit, Creed Willems. Uh, he uh, was the Orioles' eighth round pick in the draft. Uh, who's who? What is? I can't even hear myself. To be fair, right now. your ears are awful. No, they're not. They are. They're, not. they're really bad. People people try your headphones on and they're like, "Wow, what is going on? Why are these yelling no, in my no, ears?" No, they're not yelling. This is the problem. It's a lot of people that don't do radio and don't know what it's supposed to I sound hear you. like. It has nothing to do with my ears. I hear you it's just that fine. People wanted wait, people that aren't broadcasters want things to sound like their like iPad at home. There's a difference. You need to know. I've what heard it sounds your headphones like. before. There's a difference between yes, loud and you're enough. not a. Bro- I need the. I need you to know this. You're not a broadcaster either. Like, this is no disrespect. Mine's pretty loud, too. No, it's not. It's not pretty loud. You want to switch for a second? No, I've, I've used yours. I assure you. What she said. Yeah, thank you. Um, you also stood in front of speakers for like 10 but years. But, for example, because I have them on now, I know we're probably a little bit overall. We're probably a little bit overall more than we need to be. Probably. Not overwhelmingly, but probably a little bit beyond where we need to be. The moral of the story is that Creed Willems was uh, the Orioles' eighth-round pick, and uh, they're going to pay him a handsome amount of money. Already did, right? In order, to, well, I mean, I, I, one I don't, mil. They, they already signed thing. him. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if they actually. I don't think they've actually paid it to him just yet. Well, they're they going to pay him a handsome amount of money to be a baseball player. the uh, The value for the two hundred twenty-seventh pick overall is the slot value is one hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars. What they're going to be paying him is one million dollars. They clearly thought a lot of this particular young man. Um, we'll talk to him more about that uh, as he's going to join us here in a few minutes. Uh, Ravens, so the, the, the rookies are there. Some veterans are already there. The official report date for the rest of the veterans is tomorrow for Ravens training camp. So we're going to try to squeeze in some like last-minute, how-was-your-summer-vacation stuff today. Kevin Zeitler, we know how part of his summer vacation went. He had another daughter. By the way, 10 pounds. That, Kevin Zeitler's a big guy, so mm-hmm. he shouldn't be surprised that his kids... But, like, 10, that is... that is. I was that big. You were 10? I think I was 8. I think I was 10, I wanna, 8. I wanna, you were 10, 8? I want to say about that. Your poor mother. Maybe I'm it was so, 9, 8. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm so sorry. Um, I was a big, big baby. 10-pound baby Glenn girl. Davis. Yeah, Glenn Big Baby Davis. Exactly right. Uh... Kevin Zeitler, of course, uh, was there uh, with his wife, as a, as a man should be, um, ready for the birth, but he was n- distracted, we'll say, as Talking it was about going practice. on. 
Yeah, as he was working on uh, offensive line drills in the delivery room, and apparently that's not uncommon for him, as his wife uh, told people that. Is it the ward or the you know, room? It's the room. I, I don't. I don't. Isn't know. the ward where I all the, the babies? The ward is stay? the general area. I think yeah. it's the ward is that part of the hospital it's where like where the babies the just room. hang out. No, drink, the ward is just shoot like the crap, you know? like this is the delivery ward is the part of the hospital where you have the babies, whereas like so we're both right. No. No. Well, it was the room is in the ward. It's a rectangle square situation. I, it's oh, mm, I'm not sure. All it delivery is, but rooms whatever. are in the we're delivery spent, ward. I, there were things I wanted to talk about. Well, you today. still haven't hit quantum physics. Yeah, so. I don't have time. Uh, Derek Wolf scheduled to join us a little bit later on, and uh, Jalen Ferguson also scheduled to join us a little bit later on. Plus, Jeremy Kahn, I haven't talked to him in a long time. Uh, he's scheduled to join us this morning as well. So, lots to do on the program today. Uh, I was looking at some of the pictures from uh, the return to training camp party last night at Jimmy's. Uh, my buddy Brandon, not only did they like get all the things that I was telling you about, like all the food at Jimmy's and open bar and mm-hmm. the, the VIP meet and greet, but on top of that, like the contest they were doing, they ended up walking away with like a signed Trey Mancini picture, two of um, the Mo Gabba cutouts that were autographed yeah. by various That's Baltimore. Awesome. Like it, it was an unbelievable event. And my buddy Brandon walked out like the happiest human being on the face of the planet. Um, this is the type of stuff that Great Eights memorabilia does. And coming up next, the Purple Takeover series at the Maryland State Fair, which will feature the following people. Perhaps you've heard of Adafe Owe. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you heard of Ben Cleveland. Perhaps you heard of Hollywood Brown. Maybe Brandon Stevens, Ronnie Stanley, James Prochet. Ben Mason, Dalen Hayes, Sean Wade, and the Hall of Famer Lenny Moore. They're all going to be there, and there is, you can meet all of them, all of this group, all 10 current Baltimore football players, obviously an icon and Lenny Moore, all 10 of them for just 350 bucks. Right now, go to great8smemorabilia.com. That's great8s with the number 8, memorabilia.com, in order to get your tickets for the Purple Takeover Series, which is coming to the Maryland State Fair. All right, Kyle, uh, I know you had time to prepare it. Let's spin the wheel. Oh, okay. All right, very good. Um, I have so many things I wanted to get to, but we're not going to get to all of them. Uh, so I'll start in relevance. I think the thing that most people are going to be talking about today, because I sensed it was what most people were talking about on social media yesterday, is Chandler Jones. We spoke a lot about Chandler Jones a few months ago. He hadn't officially requested a trade at that point, right? It was just kind no. of murmurs that it was That, that there was discontent. an issue, yeah. that he wanted a contract and that the Cardinals were not giving him a contract, that he was staying away from uh, off-season activities. And at the time, it was more... Remember, it was all very weird. Like, I got this text from someone in football when Julio Jones was traded to the Titans that said, I know you're disappointed. What would you think about Chandler Jones? I was like, Chandler Jones? Then I poked around a little bit, and somebody like Lock and Four had written a column about how Chandler Jones was unhappy and somebody else. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of other things. Scuttlebutt, if you will. There was a lot of other things there. I was like, oh, maybe there's something to this Chandler Jones thing. But I, I largely like wrote it out there, said, here's some stuff I'm hearing. I like Chandler Jones. I don't know. And then let it go away because there was nothing else to talk about. Because of the report this weekend that Chandler Jones has requested a trade, this conversation comes back to life. I don't know what it means. And I think a lot of people are overreacting to Marlon Humphrey tweeting about Chandler Jones coming to the Ravens. Believe it That's or not, official. Marlon Humphrey 
doesn't like make these decisions. I don't know. No, I'm all for Marlon Humphrey recruiting. Re- recruiting by all means, but it's not as simple as that. Who's the guy that it would be official on the Ravens? Like if somebody tweeted out one player says it, then that's official. <sighs> oh man, that's a great question. I was trying to think of the name of the new long snapper, and I can't even think of all what right. his name is. There's a guy on the team, and I don't even know what his name is because for some reason we decided to roll away the really good long snapper for a really long time, and just decided to go with somebody. Maybe else Maybe he's the third seasons. running back, also. Maybe he is. Who knows? Well, Justice Hill is the third running back. Well, it's gonna be competition. We'll see. Okay. Maybe it's Tyson Williams. Um, I. I I, I don't have more to say at this point yet. I don't. And that's that's the bummer, right? Like, I know it's what everybody's talking about, so I want to have more to tell you. I don't have that yet. I still think there's more unknown about Chandler Jones than there is known. Is he, like, prepared to hold out, right? I, like, I, I don't, And it seems like holdouts are sort of a thing of the past. And that's not the sense that I got. The sense that I got was more like he wants to be traded but isn't going to be a distraction. It's also a weird place for him because he's coming off a disappointing season. Sure. So there's no benefit to him for not playing like that's not going to help him in any way to mm-hmm. not play so physically perhaps i mean maybe but you're not getting get younger it. like i don't think there's anything good that comes from not playing unless you just decided you don't want to play anymore which certainly would be well within chandler jones rights if the that's the case aaron Rodgers' argument I, aaron Rodgers might well decide he doesn't want to play anymore and if he does doesn't then god you know bully for him that's his choice everybody gets to make that choice but outside of that, I don't think there's any reason – there's nothing good that's going to happen with Chandler Jones not playing. Most people would argue nothing good has happened. You know, Le'Veon Bell certainly did not end up benefiting from the year of not playing. That the arguments that were made of, you know, it's less less wear and tear and all that, it did not work out. And who knows, maybe Le- it would have happened anyway with Le'Veon Bell if he had played. I don't know. But it didn't benefit him to not play. In particular, someone who is at an elevated age, who's coming off a disappointing season and an injury, that you need to be on the field to show people that you can still play. Like, you need to do that in order to be able to get the money that you want to get one more time before your career is over. So I don't think that there's any risk of Chandler Jones not playing. Now, could he decide to to not be involved in practice and not be involved in camp? Of course he could. That would be well within his rights and probably not all that big of a deal to the Cardinals if that were the case. Like, if the Cardinals were hell-bent on this is our year, we have to win right now. We've got Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. We need to prove. Cliff Kingsbury needs to prove that he's really a thing. So we got to win. I don't think they're going to panic over the fact that Chandler Jones wouldn't participate in, in training camp. I don't think that would be something that would impact them in any way, nor do we even know that's going to be the case mm-hmm. at this point. So... There's far more unknown about the Chandler Jones situation than there is known. Doesn't mean you don't poke around. Of course. I'm all for poking around. 1,000% I'm all for poking around. And the thing that a lot of Ravens fans want to do to try to sound smart is the thing where we say, well, they don't have that money. That's, that's, That's a fallacy. Money can always be created. Now, there is a limit at some point to that. You can't take on another quarterback. Like, you can't go find another $40 million to have two quarterbacks on your roster. Seahawks did once. Another $40 million? Yeah, Matt Flynn, they paid him, and then I think Russell Wilson was a rookie. Yeah, they did not, ha- they did not have two. Lamar stole his rookie contract. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like the, but the Ravens right now couldn't take on one $40 million quarterback. 
for this season. They wouldn't be able to do that. It would probably but, preclude them from an extension for Lamar if they were to go and get Chandler Jones. Uh, not, Although not, they'd not, be, not be creative even, and spread even, the money out no, for not even, years. They wouldn't that. even do that at all. In fact, it might be that, that doing the extension for Lamar Jackson could um, create, the room create a, need, a, yeah. a small amount of the room that they would need in order to add Chandler Jones. No, they don't have that currently. They don't currently have the space under the cap. But if they were to make that move, then presumably it would be with an agreement in place with Chandler Jones to do something. Again, for Chandler Jones, this is about getting another contract. Like, that's the reason why we're in this situation. So presumably they would be having those conversations with Chandler Jones in order to finagle the numbers in order to make it work. That would be the first thing. Secondarily, there are still other places they could go to try to find a little bit of money. It was the same thing that we had. These are the same conversations we had about Julio Jones. There is money that can be found for the Baltimore Ravens. It is not true that the Ravens couldn't do this because of the money. That's not true. But it is true that they have it's, a finite number of moves that they can make maybe, among, maybe, among all the things they think they right. probably might need to. Maybe, but more importantly, it's a question of whether or not it's a smart decision to do it. And that's a completely different conversation. When you try to make it black and white, well, they just don't have the money. No, that's not, that's not a thing. The question of whether or not it's the right thing to do for your franchise as a whole to take on more money for a player that might be on the downside of their career that's a more relevant conversation. Was he 29, 30? Um, boy, you know, it's funny. I knew this last night. And I thought he was 29, if I remember correctly. I think he might already be. Yeah, he's 31. That's what. Okay. He's 31 years old. Um, I, that's a fair question. It's a, it's a more than reasonable conversation to have about whether or not it's the best thing to do. We had Gil Brandt you, on before, and he was like, I would be hesitant to trade picks for this upcoming draft. It's supposed to be yeah, pretty he loaded. Was, he's, and he's, he's definitely, a, he feels strongly about that. Um, I, I, I know mean, they're trying to win this year, right? Like, Well, I mean, they're trying to win every year. Of course. And that's, and that's part of the reason why that's a warranted conversation, is to go all in for this particular year, you could say, well, yeah, you need to do that because it's before the Lamar money really kicks in. Well, the likelihood is that the way they structure whatever deal they give Lamar Jackson is that next year will be before the bulk of the Lamar money really kicks in, too. And we don't know exactly what the cap is going to look like if this truly does end up being a fully COVID-unaffected season. If all the games are played in front of full stadiums this year and life is normal and money is being spent, does the cap balloon significantly a year from now? We don't know those things, and that's part of the problem with having this conversation. Do I, in theory, like the idea of the Ravens being involved with Chandler Jones? Absolutely. On paper, it makes a lot of sense. Do I think it was their biggest need? Do I feel as strongly about it as I did Julio Jones? No. I felt far stronger about Julio they probably Jones. Are, they're thinner at the edge rush than they are at wide receiver, now, but it's about impact you can as make well. The, you can make the argument now that they are, right? Like that after they draft. Eh, I don't, boy, that's, even, that's still a tough thing to do. I get it. You're counting like, on rookies to be productive and fill holes and Sammy Watkins to be healthy, which is a treacherous uh, thing uh, well, and all uh, of that, uh, right? But like they have depth at the position at wide receiver, whereas they don't have depth at edge you, rush. You say that. it's not They, they do have depth at edge edge rush they don't they just don't have a guy that you feel strongly you can count on to have a bulk number of sacks they have I would lots say of outside depth. of uh, Owe, i uh, will have ferguson on later and bowser right 
I guess you would be pigeonholing to an extent Pernell McPhee into that capacity. Mm, he played quite well in that capacity role. last year. I mean, year. in pass rushing specifically, right? Guys that are pass rushers. But they don't, they don't use the, I get this it. is they the eternal are, Ravens But thing. do they not use it as a catch-22? Do they not use it because they don't have it? or do they, they had Yannick Ngakwe on the roster a year ago, and they didn't do it. I get it. Like, they, don't, they don't do it. They just don't do it, and they're not going to do it. So well, I got nothing I there. I can't speak on – we've had this discussion before. I don't know if Chandler Jones is more of a – He's a, more com- he's a more complete I, player I, than, than Ngakwe, than Ngakwe sure, for, for certain. Um, is it is it um, like an overwhelming strength for him? I, I can't speak to that either. We'll probably try to go out to Arizona in the next day or two in order to talk more about this. I, I like the idea of having the conversation in theory. I don't feel as strongly about Chandler Jones as I did about Julio Jones, but it doesn't mean that I'm uninterested or that there is a glaring thing for me that says you can't do it. I don't believe any of those things. I don't – if I felt really strongly about Julio Jones and they didn't do that for a minimal price, I'm not feeling great about this and the likelihood of it actually happening with Chandler Jones. My gut is they're done. My gut is they've got their team. Be more likely probably to add a Justin Houston than a Chandler Jones. Maybe. Maybe. They've had months to add but Justin Houston. But I think that this seems like a sort of they're taking to an extent a wait-and-see approach where – if it gets through training camp, and I get it, we don't put too much. But they've into they've watched the they've watched Ryan Kerrigan and Melvin Ingram already sign elsewhere. Like they've already they have not seemed to be all that concerned about signing another or adding another edge rusher. That has not appeared to be something the Baltimore Ravens have been concerned about. Now that doesn't mean it can't change, or that for the right price they wouldn't do the Chandler Jones thing, or that. Justin Houston didn't look. Just said, "I don't want to be involved in training camp. If you want to sign me when camp is over, you can you can sign me. I have no interest in being involved in the training camp. Like it doesn't mean there couldn't be any of those other things that are that are out there, but they have not appeared to be as concerned as a lot of Ravens fans were and analysts were about the need for another edge rusher on this football team. They, Jack, just Jack, you got to be careful shoving the table around, man. You got to be careful about that. Yeah, young Jack." The young Jack. Um, so we'll see. That's all I can tell you right now is we'll see. I'm 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 interested. I'm not, but I'm not. I would say I'm about a half as interested, maybe as I was in the Julio Jones conversation, which I thought was a pure no-brainer. This is more like a okay. Let's you know let's find out. Let's 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 see if if I'm a betting man. I don't think there's much of a chance of at all of it happening. So that's where I am. Um, I, I had a couple other Ravens thoughts that I'm, I don't need to spend much more time on. I could not believe the insanity of the Lamar Jackson uh, working out with kids and people trying. I, if if Lamar Jackson went to the podium this week at training camp and said, guys, I'm done. I'm done talking. I'm sick of you guys trying to use me to get your clicks by just saying insane things. I, I wouldn't be able to be mad at him. I'm grateful that Lamar Jackson is such a a thoughtful person that he's not an a-hole because he probably should be an a-hole. The insanity of Mike Florio breathlessly writing about how reckless it is for Lamar Jackson to be on a, a, a basketball court with kids. It, it, I, I, this is the problem. I think that Mike Florio probably knows what he's doing. He knows... Nah, maybe I'm giving him too much credit. He just might be that stupid. He might be that football-obsessed that, like, life doesn't exist. The notion that these guys all wrap themselves up in bubble wrap for the entirety of the offseason and do nothing is insane. 
That doesn't happen. That's not a thing. They live. They understand that there are some risks to the things they do. They calculate those risks. Is it worth it? Lamar Jackson was working with kids. That's so much more important than anything else. The fact that anybody would waste a breath trying to say it was a bad idea is just a testament to how truly stupid we are as people, how bass-ackwards we are as a society. God bless Lamar Jackson for the fact that he doesn't lose his effing mind on everyone when that becomes a talking point. Today's show also brought to you by Window Nation. Of course, love me some window nation. Right now, 50% off all styles of windows. No money down, no payments, no interest for 24 months. 866-90Nation or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Switch gears a little bit this morning. Joining us now, our next guest, drafted in the eighth round by the Baltimore Orioles. He was headed to play baseball at TCU. He's decided instead to become a professional. Got a, a, a very nice package from the Orioles in order to make that decision. It's a pleasure for us to welcome to the program for the first time Creed Willems who's with us here on GCR. Creed, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us and congratulations on becoming a Baltimore Oriole. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me as well. Absolutely, man. Creed, can you take me back to the week leading up to the draft and like where you were in your life? Did you... Were you convinced then, I'm, I'm headed to college, that's the way this is going to be, or did you know enough to know that not only were there enough teams interested, but they were going to be willing to pay you an amount of money that was going to lead you to make that decision that you'd be going pro? Yeah, so it was, it was kind of a difficult week just not knowing, just because of the fact that I had been talking to a few teams, my agent had been talking to a few teams, and so they had all shown interest, but it wasn't, it wasn't you know, one of those things that I knew for sure that I was going to get the right amount of money that was going to withdraw me from TCU. And so as you know, the week leading up, it was like, all right, I'm going to TCU. I'm going to go play baseball and get my education there and see what happens after that. And then whenever um, day two of the draft came around, um, it was one of those things that I got to talk to, uh, got to talk to some people. And whenever they gave me my offer, it was like, you know, it was one of those things that it didn't even, uh, it wasn't even a question in my mind that uh, between the two, it was like, all right, I'm going to play uh, professional baseball. And because um, I knew at the end of the day, I could always go back and get my education or I can get it in the off season. And um, so I knew it was, it was my time to go ahead and get started, uh, work my way up through the ranks. And uh, so that was kind of what went ahead and made my decision. And, uh, you know, I think it's, going to be a decision that I'm not going to regret at all and I think it's going to be a, a real fun journey but um yeah it was it was a uh it was a little bit of a hectic week leading sure. up to it though just not knowing for sure have you been able to wrap your mind around like uh, you know I, I'm doing the doctor you probably don't even know what doctor evil is because you're a kid but I, I'm, I'm doing the thing the number one million dollars to play baseball like has that have you been able to wrap your mind around like wow this this is my life now. Like this, I'm a truly a professional baseball player. Yeah, so it's, it's one of those things that I haven't really been able to uh, wrap my mind around like fully yet. It honestly felt like it wasn't even real until uh, the day that I signed, which was um, last Thursday. And from then, it was one of those things that, all right, this is this is starting to feel real. This is starting to feel real. 
and then once I got down here to Florida, uh, where I'm going to be at rookie ball, uh, everybody has to quarantine, um, for a few days before. So it's one of those things that it's been kind of frustrating just sitting in my hotel room for the last few days, but (laughs) I know that, uh, in a few days I'll be out on the field and it'll be, uh, it'll be go time. And from there on, it's just, it'll be uh, my time to shine and, uh, work and just work my way up through the ranks and, Hopefully in a few years I'll be playing at Camden Yards. I want to so. talk about that in a second because I know you had a, a chance to go there already. Creed Willems is with us here on GCR. How many of your buddies have like tried to hit you up like, hey, dude, could you slide me like a 20 spot on Venmo? Or How many, how many of that have you had to deal with since, uh, since you were able to sign your contract? And have you had to explain, like, dude, I, I don't have that yet. Like, this is not – they don't give you that up front. It doesn't work that way. No, so actually, none of them have actually, like, asked me for money in, like, a serious way. They're all, okay. like, just messing around, and uh, a few of them have been like, hey, you want to take me to uh, get some food, or you want to take me golfing and pay for me? And I'm like, right. guys, I don't have that money yet. I'm waiting. I got to wait until after I sign, and then once from there, then I'm still waiting for a few more uh, weeks before I actually get that signing bonus, or the first part of it, at least, and so I'm like, you know, maybe in the off season we'll go do something, <laughs> right. but I'm not going to be paying for every single one of y'all. I don't have that kind of money. Oh no! I got to live on that. So no doubt, man. It's a, and and look, it's it's a good problem to have. I guess is the best way to say it. it. Is, it's a it good is. problem to have. Can't complain. Hey Creed, um, so. I I read about how you got to take a trip to Camden Yards uh, during the draft process, and uh, the rumor is that you already put one out on Utah Street during a trip to Camden Yards. Can you tell me about what that was like being at that, you know, in in a stadium so iconic in baseball and the feeling that you got of, oh, this could be a good place for me and my skill set in the future? Yeah, so it was actually um, last month. It was was like a week after we had gotten knocked out of the playoffs. And so um, I got to go up to Camden Yards for a workout with the Orioles, got to do – uh, catch some bullpens, and then got to take BP on the field, which was amazing. And I think it was actually like the first uh, home run I hit was actually on Utah Street and one hop the warehouse, which was awesome because, like, you hear everybody behind you, they're like, did he just one hop the warehouse? Mm. And it's kind of crazy because, you know, I guess you don't really see that much at 18 years old. I, what, can, high can, can I ask, well, was, so. that with a, was that with a wood bat and an aluminum bat? It was with the wood bat. Wow. Wow. Yes, sir. So, and then I hit uh, hit a few more up onto the uh, end of the flag court, and then uh, in center field and right center. So uh, that was that was awesome. And then uh, my last round, I had to hit Oppo, so I ended up hitting one into the bullpen, which was kind of surprising, considering I don't really hit the ball Oppo very much. But uh, I guess it's something I'm gonna have to learn, which. Uh, I got I got a few years to work on that during uh, rookie ball and in minor leagues, so just gonna go from there. But overall, it was an amazing experience. And then, you know, being there up in at Camden was just like nothing else. It was like I've been to a few other fields and uh, hit on other fields, and it was never quite like it felt hitting at uh, Camden. So, did you surprise yourself, like, or did you enter the batter's box knowing, like, I'm about to put on a show? Yeah, for like you guys. see, you see the warehouse out there. You're like, dude, I'm, I'm, that it's happening. Like, I'm doing it. So it, I actually surprised myself. Uh, I knew, I knew one of the guys up there that I had played against uh, a few times, and 
you know, we were just out there in the outfield shagging and stuff like that. And I was, uh, it was a joke. And I was like, yeah, I think I might uh, one hop the warehouse today or something like that. <laughs> and it was just all a joke, you know, uh, kids being kids. And the next thing you know, I hit one over there and I was like, okay, maybe it wasn't a joke. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those things that I definitely surprised myself whenever that happened. Cause I mean, I'd hit some balls far at our high school field. But it was always like the wind was always blowing out there or something like that. Or it seemed like, oh, it's, you know, it's just a high school field. But you never really realize how far it is until you actually get onto a major league field whenever you can actually see the ball land. So that was that was real surprising for me. So I know that, I mean, I'm not sure if you know this, but only one player has ever hit the warehouse on the fly. It was Ken Griffey Jr. in the, the home, home run, run derby. derby. Yeah. Is that now like yeah. a personal goal of yours at some point to make that happen? Uh, it, now it is. Now that I know that, it, I mean, at 18, I was able to one-hop it. I feel like in a few years, I'd be able to hit it off of it. So, uh, I mean, that's that's definitely one goal from now on. I mean, by the way, if you do it, it kind of doesn't matter what you do with the rest of your career. I'm just being honest. If you accomplish that, like, if that's the only home run you ever hit in your baseball career – it's going to be a meaningful one. It's going to be one that will yeah, be sure. memorable forever, uh, which we hope is not the case. We hope you hit about a billion of them here in Baltimore. Creed Willems with us here on GCR. Um, Creed, you know, it's funny you bring up you, you don't go oppo often. I'm, I'm assuming there aren't uh, – do they, do they do a lot of extreme shifting in Texas high school baseball, or, or is that not something that exists at that level? So, I mean, like teams that uh, kind of knew who I was and had played me before, did some shifting and uh, kind of knew where to play me and go from there. But it's not one of those things that you see a ton like you would in college or professional baseball. Sure. So you'll see teams here and there that will move their outfielders over or move their shortstop over a little bit, but it's never anything, you know, too too drastic. So uh, it's one of those things that it's like you see it here and there, but you didn't really ever have to, like, you know, hit – hit against the shift where I was in summer ball a little bit. I had to last summer, but other than that, you don't really see this shift too much in high school. We saw finally Joey Gallo was given like the literal no infielders look a week ago against the twins. And we saw him finally attempt to bunt in that circumstance. Like if you get that type of extreme shifting, do you at least attempt you say, no, I hit the ball 500 feet. I'm just going to swing away and go try to hit a home run. Uh, no, actually it's so like I, one of them last year, it was like one of the first times I'd ever been shifted and had the shift play on me. And I tried to bunt and I was trying to bunt it down the third baseline and somehow ended up bunting it in the air all the way to second base. <laughs> <laughs> And I somehow managed to get on and score a run. Hey man. So I wasn't, I wasn't complaining about it. But, uh, <laughs> it was one of those things that you definitely don't see every day. So No, not at all. Not the type of thing you see every day. There's no doubt. I feel like naturally, obviously, when Orioles fans hear stories about you on Hop in the Warehouse, your power is the main thing that sticks out and gets people excited. But it seems like that is not all there is to your game. You seem to be a pretty accomplished catcher defensively. I know you touched like 94 from the pitcher's mound. Like what? What sort of pride do you take in not just being an impressive bat, but also being able to take command behind the plate? Uh, I mean, the way I've always looked at it is, you know, it doesn't matter if I go 4 for 4 or 0 for 4, whether I have, you know, 
four doubles or four strikeouts. If I'm doing my job behind the plate, making my pitchers look good, and keeping balls from getting past me to the backstop and letting guys get extra bases, then I've done my job. So an 0 for 4 day at the plate with a great day behind the plate is a good day at the ballpark, whereas a 4 for 4 with a good day behind the plate is a great day. So I've always taken a lot of pride in my defense just because of the fact that, you know, there's not many catchers, especially at the high school level, that, you know, have the ability to go out there and uh, be able to also, you know, be a good hitter and a good catcher. So, I mean, one thing I've always tried to do is maintain my hitting but try to make sure that my catching was always, you know, above average. And so I think mainly, like, throughout the last few years, I've been really working on catching-wise, whether it's, you know, uh, presenting pitches, blocking balls, uh, working on my feet work and throwdowns and stuff like that. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, catching is just as equally important, if not more important, than it is hitting. So... That's one thing I've looked at over the past few years. So it's it's not likely to be a problem for some time, but the Orioles do kind of have a, a a catcher in mind for the future at the moment, and and it looks like Adley Rutschman is going to be a particularly special player. I, I'm I'm assuming the plan for you will be that you're going to catch right because he's not you're not going to be at the same level as Adley for a little while, but. Is there have you are there other positions that you would say hey look I've spent a lot of time there I'd be comfortable doing that too or has it been nothing but catching for you to this point in your life? No, so like the last few years uh, <clears throat> I started playing other positions and I've gotten more into like I started pitching a little bit more and stuff like that. So I mean, on any given day, if you needed you know put me at first base, or third base, or anything like that or pitch or anything, I think that I'd be perfectly capable of doing so. Are you trying to be Shohei Otani? Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> I, I am not. Okay. I am not. But, I mean, I wouldn't mind being, you know, I mean, trying to be like him, I mean, but I can't hit the ball as far as him or throw it as hard as him. So. You say that. If you're hitting the warehouse, maybe you can. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. So. Um, uh, Creed, the, uh, the, the orange and black thing, that's, um, you know, that's, that's kind of serendipitous, right? Like you got nothing but orange and black in your life and you get to keep wearing orange and black moving forward. Yes, sir. It's pretty cool, right? The way that that works out. It is. Pretty cool. That's coming. The there was people that mentioned that whenever it happened, they were like, dude, you get to stay in the orange and black. And I was like, I, I know. I realized that. So. <laughs> that's awesome. You mentioned like there was nothing really quite like hitting at Camden Yards with all the parks that you went to and workouts that you had. Were there like was there any part of you that was like I know you would have been happy no matter who who called your name on draft day, yeah, but was there if, any part if of anybody's you, paying you a million dollars right. to play baseball, you're gonna be good with fully it. Fully aware. Fully <laughs> yeah. aware that's really how it works. But did you secretly kind of hope it would be the Orioles? I actually did. So I had been talking I think the Orioles uh, I'd probably talked to the most and just from being at Camden I mean, I feel like they were, you know, some of the most welcoming people and some of the, you know, easiest people to talk to compared to some of the other places. But it was one of those things in the back of my mind, it was like, I had even told my friends, I was like, dude, I really hope I get drafted by the Orioles. And plus, at the same time, like, um, Adley has always been somebody that I kind of looked up to. Oh, wow. So, uh, him and my brother, but like, so... Being behind him, I think, will 
you know, be one of those things that it's a good learning experience for me. And if they end up making a position change and I get to play alongside them, then that's awesome. That's cool. If not, and I'm behind them, then, you know, I'm going to be happy either way. But uh, it's one of those things that I was happy about, you know, especially considering that I, you know, looked up to him. And so I think it's going to be good all around. That's really neat. I I didn't know that. That's really cool, man. All right, uh, Cree, before we let you go, how do you describe your your flow that that head of lettuce that you have and like when did it start? Is this like a lifetime commitment of of the look that you want to keep your hair exactly the same way? I mean, I'm going to keep it as long as I can, uh, but I mean, I've always I've always had long hair. I think there was probably two or three points in my life that I had actually cut it. And it was super short, and I wasn't a fan at all. <laughs> and I think it's kind of always been one of those things that it's kind of been a, uh, it's kind of been one of those things that describes me. People, you know, whenever they, you know, think of me, they usually think of yeah the long curly hair, the mullet, and stuff like that. So uh, I'm gonna keep it as long as uh, I'm able to keep it, and then you know, if something changes, then I'll cut it. But uh, for now, I'm looking at keeping it for a while. So. I appreciate that that people see you and you have your haircut. They're like, "Who that? What the hell? What is this? Like, what are you doing, man?" Like, yeah, I totally understand so. that. Hey, Creed, congratulations, man! Uh, looking forward to seeing Thank you me. here. Where can uh, Orioles fans be following you social media wise? Twitter, Instagram, anywhere like that. Uh, follow my Twitter is Creed Willems eleven, and then my Instagram is C Willems and the L's are one so c w i one one ems give him a follow there creed congratulations brother looking forward to seeing you this way um as you start moving up in the organization thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning best of luck all right thank you thank you for having me creed williams orioles eighth round pick uh over slot by a good bit um they clearly think quite highly of this young man he was obviously a priority for them um, as they're paying him a million dollars to play baseball, and impressive kid. I he's, mean, a, he's a great kid, no doubt about it. Some eighteen-year-olds we talked to, or yeah, if you're, and if you're banging the ball off the warehouse on a hop, doesn't matter. How eighteen well years talk. old, yeah. <laughs> sounds good to me. I like the sounds of that. Uh, there smells like there's a Joey Gallo comparison there in uh, in some way. Hopefully, that continues towards the major leagues in the coming years. Easy to root for. Yep. Today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We'll start getting ready for training camp. Kevin Zeitler going to join us next. Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their Very Berry Salad and Smoky Thigh Wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po'boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and Smoky Thigh Wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams' summer or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. The Olympics start soon. Stop in and watch the games at Glory Days Grill. Every child who dines at one of their restaurants during the Olympic Games will receive a gold medal. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and side 
lighting specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash Sports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Glenbarkradio.com. Nothing but net. The PGA Tour's top 70 golfers are coming to Baltimore to compete in the 2021 BMW Championship at Caves Valley Golf Club. Secure your tickets right now by going to BMWChampionship.com. Ravens veterans report to training camp tomorrow in Owings Mills. Joining us now, man who's had a busy offseason. A second daughter has come into his family's life. Since he is signed in Baltimore, it's a pleasure to welcome back to the program Ravens offensive lineman Kevin Zeitler, who's with us now here on GCR. Kevin, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's good to chat with you again, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No problem at all. Hey, man, uh, tell me about how the, th- this story of you not only – so it's one thing that y- the day that your daughter is born, you're in there doing the uh, the pass-blocking drills, but your wife says – this is not uncommon for you, that you guys might be like out shopping at Pier 1 Imports or something like that on a Saturday, and you're doing the same thing. When did this start for you that, like, no matter where you are, you're working on your, your pass-blocking drills? I mean, it's happened since uh, college, I'd say. Like, uh, I, don't know, I feel like I'm just always visualizing football. No matter where I'm at, football's in the back of my mind. So I'm always trying to find a way to get a rep or get something done. So... You know, just busting out pass sets here and there all over the place just tends to happen naturally, I guess. <laughs> so is there a certain amount of space that you need? Do you check beforehand, or have you ever accidentally, like, knocked somebody over doing a practice pass set? 
Oh, I've absolutely stepped on people, hit things. <laughs> My wife just looks at me and rolls her eyes. It's all good. <laughs> that, that's the best part of the video is that your wife posted is her rolling her eyes in the bed and getting ready to deliver a baby <laughs> as you're doing this. Did, 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 are nurses walking in as this is going on like, what the, what the hell am I watching? Do they know who you are? Do they understand like you're not just some psychopath that's – that's doing dance moves. Like they understand that, like there's a reason. This isn't like Uncle Rico or anything. You know? <laughs> <laughs> did they? Did, did you have to explain it to anybody as it was going on? Um, I mean, as I walked by early in the morning, the nurse station all looked at me as I walked by, and you know, the question came up. You know, do you play somewhere? And I'm like, yep. So. I don't think I surprised anyone all too right, much. All right. you know? <laughs> there was no panic in anyone's eyes when they saw you doing that. How's um how's how's it being a father of two now? How's everything been? Uh, has it has it been at all stressful, or does your wife have it all under control? I mean, it's uh, been great so far. My wife's obviously the real champ in the whole situation here. You know, uh, she crushed uh, birthing our daughter, and then um I don't our uh, second daughter Parker has been and ain't honestly really great. You know, these first two weeks, and then our other daughter, Kalea, has just loved having a little sister. Cool. So everything's been going pretty smoothly overall so that, far. That's really cool. Do you, are you able to use, like, hey, football season's about to start in order to get out of diapers? Like, hey, you know, I, I, I can't be doing anything else. My hands are really important. Like, are you able to use that as an excuse, or does that not work? Oh, no, that, that definitely doesn't work. Yeah. You know, it's all good. You know, when you're, you know, at the facility for training camp, you know, you're the football player, but as soon as you get home, you know, you got to do the right thing, be the good husband and the good dad. So I, I, I appreciate that. I, you know, it's really funny, Kevin. Like, I never changed until I've got two. I got a six year old and a four year old. I never changed a diaper in my life until my first son came around. And I was like, this is, I, I, this is going to be the grossest part of being a dad. There's something about it being your kid. That like it just doesn't even bother you when you're doing it, right? Like you're just like, yeah, it's my kid. This is this is the way it works. It's my responsibility. I got to do this. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, they're yours. You have to take care of them. No one else is going to do it. You have to. Right, do it. <laughs> right. Like, and when they and when they they pee on you as you're changing them, you're just like, you know what, man? All right, I get it. I get it. You're you don't know you're 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 two months old. You have no idea what you're doing. I I got no. I got. I can't even be mad. I can't even be mad. That's the way that it goes. Hey, um, uh, Kevin, getting the experience of getting in here during the off season, um, what what's what's the best thing that you learned that maybe you didn't know about the Baltimore Ravens just from a little bit of time that you've been able to spend in the facility? I mean, we have a great group of guys here. You know, I knew obviously some from playing, but just being around the guys, you know, I love the camaraderie. You know, they know what to expect. The expectation is known here, and you know, it's a fun thing to be a part of. Kevin Zeitler is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio, Baltimore Ravens offensive lineman. Um, the, the does it change for you, like the the way that you approach an off season from place to place, different playbook, different style, or is everything the same for you? All the various teams you've been on, you've been doing this for so long that you just got to do your your off season approach has to be about you and what does you know best for you in getting ready for playing football. Yeah, I mean, so for all the years and all the teams, you know, there's always little differences, but everything really comes down to the basics and is really the same thing. You know, football is always going to be football at its core, and, you know, there's going to be little differences, but, uh, you know, the whole key is just to be ready to go kill it. <laughs> Does it change based on age? Like, at 31, are you, are you, is your approach to a football season different than it was when you were 23? 
Um, I'd say slightly, but in the end, you still have to be strong. You still have to be in shape. You know, nothing really changed. You know, it doesn't matter how old I get. You know, I better come in ready to go and be ready to hang with anyone. Otherwise, you know, they're going to get rid of me real yeah, quick. Yeah, sure. They're, you're going to get your ass kicked. No doubt. <laughs> Is there anything specific to Lamar Jackson that changes as far as your preparations? Like, do your pass sets maybe sometimes turn into, like, explosive run blocking at any point? <laughs> I'm sure that will uh, probably come up, you know, a little more frequently than on other teams but you know that's exciting you know that's just a whole nother area to explore and that can help the team you're, you're a, i think of you you're you're this big dude you're clearly a, a human badass you're a wrecking machine you're a you're a father of two girls give me give me like the sight that people might see when they walk into your house they wouldn't expect for you like are do you do you do you play dress up maybe with your older daughter do are there things that people be like wow that's not what i would expect from from kevin zeitler and they walk into your house <laughs> I mean, I haven't done the dress-up part yet, but that's definitely going to be happening in the future. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, you it's got just two girls. Like I've, I said before, you know, you have to be, you got to take care of business when you're at the facility. But as soon as you get home, you know, you have to be the number one dad you could dad out there. Is is there anything in particular that's been like the biggest moment for you? Like, oh, real, I, I am, I'm a girl dad. Like, there's been a moment that it's, it's, it's smacked you in the face. This is what being a girl dad is all about. Oh, I mean, it's the classic situation. You're going through the toy store. And then they give the big eyes that they want something, and you can't say no. Classic. <laughs> right. You're boy. You're a better man. I I have to say no sometimes. I, with the two boys, they want every superhero and every professional wrestling figure in the toy store, and I'm like, we we we've got we've got six Black Panthers at home. We don't need a seventh. Like we can't possibly get another Black Panther. That's not the way it's going to be to work. Uh, we know you're a, a meat guy. Have you had a chance yet to get out in town and discover any sort of, like, particularly good food yet? Um, so, obviously, I hit Jimmy Seafood because everyone hits Jimmy Seafood. I was real impressed. I was happy with it. What was? Um, oh, hang on. What was the go-to for you? What did, what did you try when you were at Jimmy? Okay, so, we tried a whole bunch of things. Oysters, Rockefeller, the Mega Crab Cake. We had attempted some of their sushi as well. I mean, so, you know, we're hitting some of the things. We're going to have to go back and try more. Um, another place, um, the the Prime Rib I, uh, was another place we tried, and I was a huge fan of that. Yep. That was really good. All right, how big, a, how big a piece of meat do you order when you go to a place like It's like, like 16 that? ounces too small. Uh, I mean, my go-to at any normal steakhouse is usually a nice big filet because I'm all about protein. Yeah. But, you know, when you go to the Prime Rib, you have to try uh, the Prime Rib. That makes so sense. I did it steak style, and it was huge. And I got it all down. I have no idea how big it was. So hang on a second. Our buddy Bradley Bozeman did famously last offseason did the big Texan I just challenge. Did completed. Yeah, the the seventy two ounce steak down in Amarillo with all of the sides, like with the baked potato, with the whole deal. Would you would you be if you happen to be strolling through Amarillo, Texas, would you be capable of completing the seventy two ounce steak and sides challenge in an hour? Ooh. You know what? I've had my days where I like could probably do it. So you know, if I was rolling through, I'd definitely uh, give it a shot. I mean, if you're there, and that's a, he called us from Amarillo yeah. that day. I'm like, bro, you're you're gonna do it, right? Like you're the, you have to. You're there. Like you gotta yeah. attempt it, right? Like when yeah, in, when like, in Rome. Um, my only like experience doing something like that. Um, I did the giant uh, Jimmy Buffett cheeseburger challenge in Jamaica once, and then I did. A four-pound burrito at a place in the Wisconsin Dell. Whoa, whoa, whoa! A four-pound burrito. Okay, That's how- practically seventy-two so, ounces in itself, right? So was this? <laughs> was this in? I'm assuming this was in college. Oh uh, yeah, that was in college. What? Tell me. Okay, my God, what is in this four-pound burrito? Like I mean, it was just a classic burrito, I guess. Wow. It was. It was really long, and you know, just 
kind of just kept eating. <laughs> can, can, can I, I could eat a lot back then. Can I, can I ask this question sensitively, understanding that you're an accomplished man? Um, wh- what is the trip to the bathroom like after consuming a four-pound burrito? I mean, I think the nice thing about what I do is, you know, I'm always training, I'm always moving, so I was actually pretty normal. I probably just use it all as fuel, you know, pretty quick. I mean, I guess it's it's not like me who would just be sitting around trying to die after a four pound burrito. You're like, I'm ready to go out and and shove some dudes around after consuming a four pound burrito. How big was the burger? Um, I do not recall. I just remember it was a maybe a four patty big one and then it had like a bunch of fries and a pickle you had to eat which i hate pickles but i had to get it down Ooh. so you know had to push through a little bit I'm, right there I'm, I'm trying to pull up it's and, and do you remember how like how quickly you did it do you remember what your time was i don't i know as i uh beat it so it's 15 pretty quickly so it probably wasn't like too impressive <laughs> well but, it's 15 um, minutes is apparently the challenge that you got to do it inhale it you have to do it <laughs> in yep, 15 there it is. minutes that's okay that sounds about right i was Holy like crap, hmm. i don't know if glenn heard you say that you hate pickles by the way oh what the hell yeah. what that where did that come from that's unacceptable um they're disgusting and Get i the- have no time for them well, you know what, man? It was nice while it lasted. Uh, may may they trade you to Pittsburgh this all- No, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding <laughs> about that. Glenn's diet consists oh, of only pickles. Oh, I am pickles. such a pickle, man. I love pickles, dude. That that is really sad for me to hear that. Uh, all right. Well, I can't wait for you uh, to to see more. There there is a Jimmy's challenge. It's I believe it's called the UFO. It's this massive like seafood on seafood on seafood. Like giant crab cake on, then like uh, oysters on top of it, fried oysters. It's this giant concept. We will have to consider the possibility at some point with you, Kevin Zeitler. If you were competing, if you were doing the, um, the Joey Chestnut thing on the Fourth of July, how many how many hot dogs and buns do you think you'd be able to consume? Uh, not many. I don't think anything close compared to any of those guys. Those guys are real. Yeah, bad. they're insane. Um, they're 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 absolutely insane. Like, including the bun and everything, you know, maybe I could get to 10. Oof. But, I mean, that's like normal eating. Like, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, that's, that's not going to – you're not going to be winning anything. I feel, like you're selling, I feel like you're selling yourself short, though, by the way. I yeah, think, I mean – I don't know. Like, you know, it would have to be a thing where I actually have to try, try it, you know. And right. We'd find out, but – Let's stop for another day. All right, for, uh, we'll say post football. We'll consider <laughs> that that possibility. Kevin Zeitler, man, it's great to catch up with you, brother. Um, congratulations on a second. I, I guess before I let you go, give me what's the strange? What's the one for you of all of the places where you found yourself working on pass blocking? Is this the top on your list of like the strangest place that you've done it, or is there somewhere that you would say, no, I think this one might have actually been stranger for me? Um, probably the hospital room, yeah. because I don't think I've ever done pass sets in another hospital room, so. <laughs> I guess it would only be stranger if you were the one who was yeah, in right. the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Like, you unhooked yourself from the IV, like, sorry guys, I need a minute, gotta get some pass sets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> alright, uh, Kevin, thank you for taking the time for us, man. Enjoy training camp. We'll see you out there real soon, alright? Alright, sounds great. Kevin Zeitler. Really appreciate that. That's the funniest part about the story is like it's so not abnormal. Like that that like we're all thinking this is crazy. 
And Kevin's wife is like, it's Tuesday afternoon. No, this was. There's nothing weird about this. This is just what he does. Can you imagine getting stepped on by him when he was doing? Oh those? my god! Just like, <laughs> what would <laughs> your face be right. like? Well, and then like at I first, I don't think it would help if you're like, don't worry, I'm on the Ravens. Like, I would be like, <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> I, I you still maybe could I mean, have been it, a little bit more aware. It, it would help. Like, let's not pretend like it doesn't help. It definitely would help if that was the it case. It would explain it, it more. But it, was just, but it wouldn't just, make your foot feel better. If it's just some random, doesn't put the delicious Triscuit crackers in my stomach. But the other scenario you're thinking is that it's a drug addict. Like the other scenarios, I get it. You think it's someone who's less power high. A little less power involved in those cases, and that might be true. Yeah. You might be right about. Oh, I don't know. Depending on what the drug is, there might be just as much power involved. I'm happy today's gonna be a beautiful day. It's like that Andy Samberg. Sketch. No doubt, man. No doubt. <laughs> Hey, uh, the first hour of today's program brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Uh, let's spin the wheel. Okay. The Orioles won three games against the Washington Nationals this Swept weekend. Swept for the first time of the season, baby. I really wish that I could... Celebrate. In, yeah, I wish I could. I can't. It's just a bunch of ambivalence. It's it's not even... like You know it's weird? It's not even ambivalence to me. It's, it is so unique to the player. Like I can't celebrate Pat Vileka's success. What about Spencer Watkins? I know he didn't pitch, but like... And that's like it's 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 an it's an anomaly, you know what I mean? Like it's strange, but it doesn't. As of today, I'm not at a place where I'm convinced that Spencer Watkins is a thing, I so I can't even really celebrate that, other than just acknowledging that it's weird, right? Pat Valeka, and and this sounds like so. I, he might be the nicest guy on the face of the planet. It might be that if I had the chance to get to know Pat Vileka, I would I would love howdly, him. Howdly doodly, you know? Yeah, try to go on a vacation with him. But he'd and, say no. Well, I don't know. You don't know that. You don't know Pat Vileka. You're just putting words in Pat Vileka's mouth. He'd say no. Um, but there is no possible way that I Urias, can celebrate. Huh? Yeah, Ramon Urias. I cannot celebrate these people, and it's. I hear the Reds need a shortstop. Great, thank you. I can't do it. It's painful for me. It's 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 almost the opposite. It's not I'm rooting against as much as it's it's one thing. If Ryan Mountcastle is hitting the walk-off home run in the ninth inning, right? At least there's, hey, the result might not actually be good for the Orioles, but at least that's a really positive thing. Pat Vileka playing hero helps no one other than Pat Vileka, maybe. It's, maybe it gets him... Averages north of 190, maybe. Right. Maybe at some point it gets him an opportunity for his major league career to extend somewhere. I don't know. I'll bet against it, but, like, maybe. It helps no one. It's of no benefit to the organization. And I get where there are some of you that would say, are you that cold? Are you that cold that you can't enjoy a neat, you know, the, the Nationals were supposed to be really good and the Orioles are supposed to be really bad. I, mean, I like sticking point. it to the Nationals every now and again, you know, that, like it's still I, it does cheeky nothing. good fun. It, you know? it does nothing for Like me they should want to win. They should be trying to win and then they can't against the Orioles. That's, you know, that, that does zero. I get it. In the grand scheme of things, not worth it. But yep. like, 
I was watching the and, game and yesterday, I don't, I don't and, and Ryan Zimmerman hits a three-run home run. It's one right? thing. By the way, if you do that against the Red Sox, at least sure. you can say it's the Red Sox. Now, as it turns out, a year ago, it ended up hurting them a great deal I that they it. did it against the Red Sox. But at least you can say it was the I just don't feel that. The Nationals are nothing to me. But when, like, for the, example, when I watched the game, I can understand and separate the fact that in the macro, it's not good. And I know that the, the high wears off relatively quickly and you're like oh wow that was cheap that was fun and then you're like oh but but we really have no shot of getting the number but one i was pick. still it's not no shot but it's it's, it's not longer looking and good, longer yeah. i hear you when zimmerman hit the three run home run off john means and means is in a bit of a different category i'm aware right mm-hmm. it's not quite the same as a pat Valeka, but i was still upset That's it wasn't like i was again but it's not about means it was about oh I'm watching the Orioles. Yeah, that that I feel winning. I feel nothing towards that. When I I'm watching feel... the game, it's hard to not root for the team, right? Like that's just kind of inevitable. I'm I'm so I've said this before. These aren't the Orioles. Well, no, they are. No, they're not. They're guys wearing Orioles uniforms well, right now. Makes you an Oriole. Thank you. Him. I appreciate it. That's really helpful. I, it's very simple for me. When the guys that I think matter, I get it, are involved, I can root. When it's Pat Valeka and Ramon Urias, I I feel nothing. And so when they're doing well, I can't feel good about it. It does it I there's no world in which I think Pat Valeka is a baseball player. I think we've all been wanting Jemai Jones to take his spot for quite some time. I and I don't and I'm not to tell you that I would feel strongly about Jemai Jones, but I would, would feel at least have I would reason feel, to hope that maybe he could be yeah, a part of something. I would certainly feel more about him than I feel about Pat Valeka. There's no doubt about that. So celebrating Pat Valeka coming through with a big sack fly with the bases loaded, doing exactly what he was supposed to do in the bottom of the ninth inning, that's going to be for somebody else. I can't get behind that because nothing about that to me is helpful. There's no, you cannot tell me how that helps anything for the Baltimore Orioles outside of them winning a baseball game. Or maybe a slight boost in morale, but what does that mean? Nothing. Zero. And that's the tricky part for me. It's the, I, I, I wish, I, I know that because the games are happening, there's a certain percentage of people that just say, if they're going to play the games, I want to watch them win. And I understand that. And it was quite ironic that the entire time I was away, I watched, and, and part of this being the Orioles didn't play, like they played that first weekend that I was gone and then there was the All-Star break. I did not turn on any Orioles baseball until literally the ninth inning of the Rays game when they blew the lead mm-hmm. and cl- and ran into each yeah. other um, at at second. I don't remember who it was. It was Valleca and Mountcastle. Mountcastle. Um, there was great irony in that, right? I'm like, you, of course. Of course this is the game I turned well, That's off. what you wanted, right? Right. Well, I mean, th- there's the argument that that was for the best. It was for the best that it played out that way. But it was great irony in that being the case. Over the weekend, I can't join you in celebrating it. I wish I could. I wish... I, I wish I was in a place where I could feel just sort of this nothing matters if the team's playing a game, you root for the team playing the game. I can't. They they chose to do a rebuild. I didn't choose that. They chose that. I probably would have chosen it. I get maybe if it's an alternative of spending no, a bunch cer- of money on I certainly would not have, players, I would not have chosen thing, that. But if there's a no. tacit understanding that that's probably not going to be the case. Um, they chose that. And because they chose that, every ounce of this for me is through the prism of what's best for the organization long-term, what's best for the organization in trying to become really good at some point. And Pat Valeka playing hero, and they say playing hero, he had 
It was Urias was more the hero than Valenka. But I don't even know. Talk about the grand scheme. The walk off is always going to be more important than the tying the game. But it it. was sort of fortunate that that he got a walk off. I mean, it was sort of like it's not like he crushed a double to center field or something like that. It was kind of dumb luck. But a sack fly. Not exactly. Uh, well, it's exactly what you're supposed to do in that in that look, situation with, le- with less than two outs. Pat Vileka did exactly what he was supposed to do, which is just drive a ball into the to win the game than to tie it. Generally uh, I mean, speaking, I, 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 whatever. The moral is story big. None of if if this is Ryan Mountcastle, maybe I feel something, something. I still probably think that like the the bad outweighs the good, but at least there's some good. There is nothing good to me in the prism of the Orioles becoming good again, that comes from Pat Vileka, Ramon Urias, any of these guys doing these things. And I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I'm sorry to those of you that, that, that they don't care for that. This is, again, I didn't, choo- I didn't choose the rebuild process. That wasn't my call. But we're here, and everything that I watch now as a fan I view through the prism of the rebuild, and it's got to be good for the rebuild. And got to make it sexy. Yeah, you got to make it sexy, and I just didn't All see nips that. Nips and hips, baby. But um, you know, they won three games against the Nationals, so that's a thing. And they get to play the Marlins next, who aren't particularly good. So, well, neither are the Orioles. I, I understand. The Marlins are probably more I talented, pitching wise. By the way, the Rangers are in a free fall right now. I believe they've lost. 12 in a row, and they are back into the mix. They are not that mm-hmm. far in front of the Orioles, or behind, whatever you want to call it, in the race. The Orioles right now with the second worst record in baseball, but significantly behind the Diamondbacks after the weekend. Go ahead, spin the wheel. The Olympics are great. I'm an Olympics guy as far as the competition is concerned. It's the best athletes in the world and then a random group of baseball players playing a beer league tournament for some reason in the middle of it. I, I'll never – it's that part of it, the, them pushing the great story of Eddie Alvarez and him being the, the flag bearer. Like I, I just kept waiting for somebody to say, he's not really one of the best summer athletes in the world like I, it's kind of comical that like they're including baseball again but I, I don't know if that's what got softball back in the olympics then god bless because softball should be there those are the best athletes in the world and they deserve to be participating but the baseball thing is is quite comical these are just some random guys like they just go pick some guys off the street and say hey do you want to you want to compete in a, an event with all of the greatest athletes in the world and we can pretend like you should be there? It's it's quite silly. They're better than you, Glenn. They're, they're probably, although... Definitively. How bad must Matt Wieters be at this point? Yeah. That on this crap team, even he couldn't make it and was dismissed pretty quickly in the process. That's, uh, that's a really weird bit. Um, the broadcasts, though. Well, I don't get yeah, Whole scheduling. I mean, 13 that's, hours is 13 that, hours. That's, it's not going to be a, easy. Like, yeah. And this is... there's there, it sucks that they're happening in the middle of the night. It sucks for me as a tennis fan because there's a really great tennis tournament that's occurring as part of these Olympics. Wait, really? And yeah, it's a really good one. And it's, it's happening nice. in the middle of the night, and there's nothing I can do about that. I missed. I'm a big Palabadosa fan. She beat Iga Sviantek overnight, and I didn't get to see it. Is that her last name or me. both of her names? Uh, it's she. Her name technically is Palabadosa Gilbert because I she. Knew it. It, I knew you were misleading she, me. No, she married, but I. She go. She competes as Palabadosa. 
Pala is her first name. name. No, Pala is her first name. Bedosa is her last name. It's not that hard. She decided I don't need my husband involved for this. Well, I mean, I think she had started a lot of a lot of people do this. Like she she started competing as Pala Bedosa, and she didn't want to suddenly wake up one day and say that's not who I am anymore. To the general sporting world, I don't. I think he'll be okay. I I don't look at a picture of her. He's quite. He's doing quite fine. He's he's all right. A picture of him, huh? She's doing quite fine. I don't know. I've actually never seen him, so I don't know that. Um, I'm I I I greatly enjoy the Olympics. Um, very happy for Chase Kalish. Um, a, a dude that you could tell was greatly affected by not winning gold the last time around. Um, it was his expectation that he was sort of the anointed one to step up and be that guy. He didn't do it. He had a a kind of hellacious five years, including a significant injury leading up to this. Um, if you don't know, Chase uh, is from. He went to Falston High School. He's from. They call it Bel Air. He's not really from Bel Air. Fresh Prince Bel Air. He's really from Forest Hill. I don't know why. It's such a weird bit in Hartford County where like almost everything is Bel Air. Um, but he went to Falston. His father is the athletic director at Hereford High School. He is very much part of this community. He was an obsessed Michael Phelps fan, who ended weird. up becoming. Yeah, I know. Right, as a swimmer, that would make no sense who ended up becoming quite close friends with Michael Phelps, um, sort of thought of him as a, a brother. And it's it's an awesome story. It's an awesome story to see his dedication and to finally become a gold medalist. You could see exactly, I mean, he was overwhelmed in the aftermath of winning the gold medal. Um, that was a really cool story, a really big deal. Um, when th- th- Are there negative parts of everything? Like, Yes, of course there's negative parts of it. A lot of people flying off the handle about the softball-baseball thing and like the fact that the softball tournament is happening on a baseball field, and so it looks really low rent, and it looks like it's a, it's a shot at the softball players. It does feel and, a little bit celebrity all-star-ish. And, which is, and I'm not telling you it doesn't, but I also know a lot of those same people are the same people that scream about how – Every Olympics, five years later, all of the facilities are left unused, and it's this is a sham and the whole deal. And instead of saying, "Hey, you know, good on the 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 folks in Japan for thinking, let's try to figure out a way to have one less facility and less waste involved," we scream and bitch and piss and moan because it's in our nature to want to scream and bitch and piss and moan. It's just sort of who we are as people. Um, does it does it look low rent? Yeah, it kind of does. I get it, but if it's done in the name of like avoiding waste and trying to be productive and efficiency, y- efficiency, I I get it, and I think that the softball players as a whole have all understood that and have you know made that very clear. We're we're, we're happy to be back in the Olympics. If that means we got to play on a baseball field, we'll play on a baseball field. That's the way it'll go. Life will go on. We will be quite fine. We just want to try to go win a gold medal. The U.S. has an opportunity to do that. I believe that's... I can't imagine the players care all that much. No, once you get to that right. level, I think you're you're pretty much... I mean... You, would they it, rather play in a softball yes, stadium? Yes, of course. Yes. Of course they would. 1,000% they would they rather They win do a gold that. medal, they're yes. not going to say, damn it. Yep, but it didn't happen in the right. softball yeah. stadium. I'd rather just give this back. I don't think we want to keep this one. Um, the The basketball thing... I mean, I don't know what you want to say. Uh, the world's it's getting a, better. The USA's. But this, this, this appears to be a particular. You say the world's getting better. The world was getting better for a long time, and then but the U- in general, like nobody ever would have thought, like Nigeria is not just. It wasn't a flash in the pan. They played well just against other teams, also. Yeah, right? they did. Like, I, I am. 
I'm in a weird place where I do think that the th- this was a really difficult spot to be in with the prolonged NBA season. I know there's this great Drew Holiday flying over to Tokyo, arriving at 2 in the morning and being ready to play a basketball game. But it was difficult to get as many commitments from top players. LeBron's ja- not there. JaVale McGee is playing on I the Olympic basketball team. This is where I'm going to draw the line. Dude. <laughs> you slander him one more time. I don't know. How many times have I slandered JaVale it's McGee? repeatedly. No, I, have not, I don't think I've brought his name up once. I don't think that's ever happened before. And I, it's not to say that JaVale McGee isn't as good or better than the players well, on other teams in the Olympics. fill a role for a team Correct. and be useful. But this, this is the reality of what you're dealing with. Now, should a Kevin Durant team be better? Yeah, I think they should be. I 100% think they should be. But they're not, and that's the reality of it. They still very well could find their footing. They they could, 100% they could, but it doesn't look great considering all of the various performances, not just losing their first game in the Olympics, but what we saw. But also I think exposes a little bit of the difference in play between international and the way NBA plays with fouls. And I think a lot of – there has been a lot made of these guys in a lot of places playing for your country is more important than what you do in the NBA. Whereas in America, it never will be. It just won't. We are obsessed with professional basketball. We're casually interested in Olympic basketball. We assume that, that we have the right, the, you know, it's like a birthright to go win the gold medal every time, but we're not all that invested. It's, it's just been it's living not off that of the high of, of the deal. dream team ever since, realistically. Kind of, but it was, America was dominant in Olympic basketball well before NBA players were ever allowed to play sure, in the Olympics. Sure, then the like, Soviets came along. And it was one time. Hey. It happened one time. Hey. America has been overwhelmingly dominant in men's basketball in the Olympics. But at that point, when the pros were allowed to play, it was novel for them to have the opportunity to go and do yes, it. it was so interesting. it was probably, you were more likely to get the best of the best, whereas... Right, correct. And then once they had done it for right. a little while, and a lot of guys had participated, they said, well, I got a gold medal. I don't, you Why know. didn't Carmelo make the team? That was a... We talk, I remember talking about that during a, a Five Words or Less segment, that the USA basketball just decided not to extend an invite. He was not in the NBA at the point at which they had to start putting together their first training camp. And they just didn't, he wanted to, cause he wanted to get back in the NBA and he asked and they said no. And I said, then I thought that was a shot at a guy that had, had cared so deeply about USA basketball in his life. I thought that was a mistake. I don't think it's the reason why they're in the situation that they're well, in right I, now. I do. Um, but I thought that was wrong for them, that, that somebody that, that stood up and committed in the aftermath of the 2004 disaster to, to say, I want to fix this, I want to solve this, I want to be a significant part of the mm-hmm. Olympics moving forward, I thought they should have done better by Carmelo Anthony. I, I, I thought that he should have been allowed to be a part of it, but they didn't. Um, the women's soccer thing was a that was bizarre. Them not just that not that they lost because Finland's good, but or Sweden's good. Sorry, Finland. Sweden's good, but that they lost three nil was was a bit much. They appeared to be okay moving forward, but it's not a sure thing that they're gonna win a gold medal. Um, that'll be something to follow. I have not watched much else so far. I didn't. I was watching the gold cup match last night, so I didn't see the Katie Ledecky thing. I know that was. Everybody was like freaking out about it. The story about the Australian, who the other, the, as much correct, as it was about Ledecky. and her coach, right, yeah. who was uh, flying off the handle. Cool, the Tunisian dude won. Yeah, that was neat. I uh, after that happened right after Chase Kalish, 19, so I was watching. Right? That. He's eighteen. Is he about to be like the future of swimming? I, I don't know. He was. He barely qualified for the final. 
he was the last, he made the, he qualified for the final by like three hundredths of a second or something like that. He was the eighth of the eight qualifiers for the final, and then he went and won the race. It was, it was crazy. Good for him, yeah. Um, that video of his family celebrating was awesome. Yeah, oh, it was it was awesome, no doubt. It was wildly unexpected. And then you have thirteen year olds winning gold medals in skateboarding, which is a really weird bit. I do wonder and about like, how that all works with I, like Shakari Richardson and there being Olympic skateboarding. Well, because you just assume they're all high. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like I assume they're all <laughs> like. High. Are they not well, drug probably not testing the, the probably not the thirteen year olds? Well, we don't know for sure. For I don't, it's a fair point. But like, are they not testing them? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I'm 13 years old. 13. The gold and silver medalists in skateboarding, women's skateboarding. He's the one that pulled off the, no, it was the, the women's. I don't know who won the men's. See the one uh, who did the 1080 in front of Tony Hawk. I just said it wasn't it, the women's. Is what I said. But I know that was the X Games. I think was what that I was. I have no idea what you're. I, I don't know. Some kid hit a 1080. God bless. Yeah, in front of Tony Hawk. Bully for them. I know nothing about it. I can't. I can't help you in this. Well, department. I'm telling you right now. God bless. This I know is the nothing. news. I keep saying this. God bless. I know nothing about it. You're I can't, welcome. I can't add anything. Uh, and I did. I watched the uh, the Gold Cup last night. It was hairy for the U.S. against Jamaica. Um, they were controlling for a while. And then to start the second half, Jamaica really uh, seized control, um, playing a different style, playing, packing in a little bit more, and then just trying to, to, uh, to take advantage of their opportunities on counters. They got some great chances. Thankfully, the U.S. finally Got on the board, so they advance to the semifinals where they'll face uh, Cutter next, uh, who apparently is good at soccer now because they're going to host a World Cup. They have apparently like... Like Russia, you know? I guess. I don't It's a weird bit, man. They are apparently... They were the Asian champions last time. How are they handling summer? the heat for that? Like, what are they... What's their plan Well, they're that? playing it. It's not in the summer. They're, like, playing at a really weird time of the year. Um, it's not going to be next summer? Well, it's not happening in the is summer. Is that the other side of the equator for them? What's that? Are they on the, the southern... I, I'm not going to pretend like I know a lot about. They're they're doing it from November to December, is when mm. the World Cup is going to be. Yes, yeah, it's I'm not a fan of that. It, yeah, correct. The point is, heard. we've got football, yeah. and <laughs> we don't need a distraction yeah. at that point. Uh, That's I, a real bummer. I, I think the word is they're going to like the time difference means the matches will happen in the morning, so like they'll be over by the time football. It's, it's, I don't it's, like it's it. It's a whole thing. All right, when we come back in. By the way, Jeff on Facebook says, "Welcome back, Glenn, with one end." Stan did a great job. Okay. Well, thank you. A little bit you. of a backhanded thank compliment you, to no, me. Uh, well, <laughs> well, maybe you didn't do a great job. I don't know. Me I was KZ busy. did terribly, apparently. Uh, you know what? You should have done better, and then maybe Jeff would have given you a compliment, Kyle. Maybe if you had done a better job, Jeff would have said, Kyle did a good job, too. But I'm salty. Apparently, you didn't. Only Stan did a good job. Thank you again to, uh, to, to KZ, to Stan, to Paul, and... I guess to Kyle, but again, as I said before, Kyle had to be here one way or the other. Like, Look, I was doing a lot. I was I'm not juggling a lot of balls at once. You well, you've you've got a lot of experience with that. No, so. not juggling, handling maybe. Um, but those guys uh, all uh, altered their schedules to come in here and uh, help out while I was away, and I greatly appreciate that. Today's show also brought to you by uh, Glory Days Grill. You know, as we were talking about. Um, the Olymp I you know, I'm not even sure if we're allowed to use the word Olympics. I was thinking about that the other day. Like it's in it's in the read, but I don't know if that's like a Super Bowl thing where Isn't you're not. That's sort of grandfathered in. Is it? Like they've been doing that for a long time I'm before gonna, there were ad reads. I'm gonna do it and hope that we don't get in trouble. I don't for think it. NBC has the rights to it. The Olympics the are NBC would be the one. I don't think so. I, don't, I have no idea. I think it's all pretty no, close. The Olympics are underway. Stop in and watch the games at Glory Days Grill. Every child who dines at one of their restaurants during the Olympics receives their own gold medal. 
pretty good deal. Get to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com. Jeremy Kahn joins us next. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Here it Watch out! Oh For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you windownation the perfect fit the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man appreciate it adam cole how are you guys doing today matt riddle yeah man thanks the champ Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at 
Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at glennclarkradio.com. Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. See, Paul from Orlando had nice things to say about you, too. Said that you were professional, which is a massive step up from what you normally are. So, I, you know, th- there's that. You think that everybody's out to get you and nobody wants to say anything nice about you. And here's Paul saying nice things about you on Twitter. So, there's that. It's been a while. I just want to be loved, all right? Yeah, I mean, what's, you got you got some problems, man. You Don't got we all, some. Glenn? You got some. Don't issues. we all? Uh, it's been a while since I had an opportunity to catch up with our friend Jeremy Kahn. You see his picks every day, pressboxonline.com. You listen to him every morning, Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan. What's going on, brother? How are you? Is this somebody different? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Glenn, Glenn Clark. Where did if, you go? I don't know. I was everywhere, dude. I. The last 17 days of my life were bat-ass insane. I threw two small children into a very small car and drove them all over the East Coast for 17 days. I went, I went, um, I went camping at the beach with my father-in-law for, uh, for three days. Then we hopped back in the car and drove to Georgia to see my grandfather, who's about to pass away and kind of had like a dying wish to see my kids uh, before he dies. And then we got back in the car and drove to the beach to spend a week with her mom at the beach. So it's just been, uh, and it's, it was lovely. Every, all of it was lovely, but I, I it's been my, I need a vacation, man. <laughs> like I know you know a thing or two about what it's like to have small kids and do these types of things. Yeah. I, the, the people kept like, are you having fun? Like in moments, it's a lot of fun. But overall, I, I am the way. Any notable fights between the kids? Oh, there were a couple, absolutely. Last night, I went to meet my friends to play tennis, and they were like, how you doing? I said, I'm sore. And I don't even know why I'm sore, but I'm sore. I'm exhausted. I am absolutely exhausted from the last couple weeks. I could really use a vacation at this point. I don't think it's coming. So there's that. I got that going for me, which is nice. I appreciate it. Hey, uh, how was the event on Saturday night? It looked wonderful. Oh, it was amazing, man. Like, I can't, I can't thank the people enough that were involved with this because – you know, when, when it comes to Mo, I mean, there's there's always going to be that spot in my heart that I'll do anything and everything. And um, the, the interesting thing about this was this event was brought to my attention from the people at Red Acres Hydroponics over in, I think it's technically Wharton, Maryland, but, um, but you know, outside Chestertown on the Eastern Shore. And they uh, they came up with this idea, and I was telling them, so people are always contacting me, like, I got this great idea of how to raise money for, for charity for Mo. And it's like, I said, okay, what is it? We were going to get a bat. And we're going to get it autographed by Cal Ripken, and we auction it off. Yeah. Said, okay, that's cool. What do you need from me? I need you to get the bat and the autograph. <laughs> <laughs> great. Thank you. Thanks for your help. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. This is a great idea. You know, like, but these people in um, at Red Acres, they they organize everything, and then I helped share and you know talked about it, of course, on the radio, um, and then some of the other stuff that went on along with it, where I had sponsors and friends reach out to me and say, "Hey, can I donate? Can I buy tickets? Can I?" Um, you know, I had a guy hit me up. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm, um, you know, I handle oysters, and can I come down and donate a bunch of oysters, you guys, and shuck them for you? I'm like, are you kidding me? We had a guy that donated a valet service. They didn't need it, but, I mean, it's still the fact <laughs> that somebody, you know, ended up donating this stuff and offering it. So I'm you know, incredibly thankful to everyone that was involved. Um, and they gave me a chance to speak, and I said, I can go as long or as little as you want. 
They said, no, no, feel free to go. And before I knew it, I, I was talking for almost an hour. They started wow. playing me off. They had to put the music on. <laughs> Wrap it up. To shut up about them. The yeah. Academy Awards, Wrap man. Wrap it up, B. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. That is really cool, man. Um, I, I, I'm sorry that I was gone and I couldn't be there. I wish that I, that it would have worked out that way. But well, they're talking about making this an annual thing, Glenn, so maybe one of these Good. times. I tell you what, I tell you what, I'll make a commitment right now. If, if y'all do it next year, this is a commitment. You have my word. You have my word that I will be there for the next uh, uh, Mogab of Pharma table. I dinner. told them you'll bring the slip cup. So I, 1,000% I will bring the slip cup. You, uh, Well, <laughs> hang on a second. <laughs> hang on. I might not be recovered yet. <laughs> that might be the uh, way that it is. Uh, all right, man. So I we were talking about something there. I want to get your thought on because it's similar to other conversations we had. I said I didn't watch a lot of Orioles while I was gone. I didn't watch a lot of anything while I was gone, right? I was on vacation. Your kids. I did watch a lot of my kids. There was a lot of that. Um, so I get home, and I turn on the game yesterday, and the Orioles have this dramatic come-from-behind win in the ninth inning in order to sweep the Nationals. And I get that there are lots of people that are happy and celebratory and, ha-ha, take that, Nationals, and, and the whole deal. And I feel none of it. I, I feel m- mostly nothing, but if anything, I feel negatively about it because – Pat Valeka playing hero to me helps the Orioles in like no ways, which is no disrespect to Pat Valeka, who might be the greatest human being that's ever lived. I don't know. I don't know Pat Valeka, but like it does nothing to me big picture for the Orioles and what they're trying to do. And I'm, I'm so disassociated with the day to day thing because I know this isn't a good baseball team that I just can't feel that way. I guess the question I'm asking is, am I a monster because of the way that I feel? No, Pat Valeka hates babies and puppies. So, no, no, like, in all seriousness about it, um, I, I almost feel like when you've done it for this long, as far as, uh, and, and I'm not trying to make it a cop out by being in this industry, like, you kind of become numb to some of this stuff. Like, the, the truth be told is, uh, if you want to look at the future of the Orioles, it's better when they lose games. Right. But am I going to come out and just absolutely lose, uh, root for them to lose? No. No. I'm just going to kind of live in the moment. I'll celebrate some of these wins over the Red Sox and Yankees, and they'll have a moment like this against the Nats. But you're 100% correct in saying what's better for them or what's good for them is to lose games. But um, that's the hard part because fans, like I still have fans like, what's Elias doing? Do you see their record? I'm like, you do know they're in the middle of a this rebuild, is, right? This like, is this the deal. The plan. Yeah. So it's just it, it's a tough part of it. and. Uh, somewhat of a necessary evil, but uh, I, I'm the same way you are. Like you get months into the season, you kind of become numb to it. Uh, the winning and losing. Like I'm watching the games because I enjoy baseball, and whatever happens, happens. That's kind of how I look at it. But there is a totally different feeling when you know you have a chance, and what those games mean to you at that point. And that's that's my favorite time. I always say there's nothing better than having meaningful games in September. Whether that means you missed out on the playoffs in the last week, like. I used to love waking up on a Sunday going, can we set up two TVs to make sure I don't miss the Oriole game along with the Ravens game? Right, right. Or, you know, can I go somewhere where both are going to be on? Or is this Orioles game so important that I'm willing to, you know, record the Ravens game and go back and watch it? Uh, I, I mean, I missed that time. And the, the thing that's a step, if, if it had been Ryan Mountcastle hitting a walk-off home run in the ninth inning yesterday, I'm probably more inclined to say something like, Okay, you know, like, I, I'm probably more – and I'm not, I still probably think that in the end I would say, yeah, but it'd be better if they had lost the game. But I think I feel something more about that, that mm-hmm. at least that there, it could potentially be beneficial long-term to the Orioles that Ryan Mountcastle is a guy that can come up with big hits in the ninth inning and, and things along those lines. When it's when it's the Uriuses and the Valekas of the world that are doing it, 
I, I, it just helps the team to me in zero ways, man. Pat the bat, baby. I, and again, I feel yeah. so bad about this because, like, Pavelega might truly be the greatest human being on the – like, I might end up having to have this conversation with him down the road. Like, dude, I am so sorry for things that I said about you. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I, I think, I think like, honestly, if, if people really look at it the way that they should, and it's hard to tell fans to do that. Like, you're a fan of a team. Right. I'm a fan of the Orioles. Right. But, again, we've done this for so long where it's like – I mean, I got in the radio. The, it looked like the Orioles had invented losing. Um, you know, I didn't know when they were actually going to be good. And when we get to 2012 and that period of time for the next, what, five years where we're in the playoffs, at least competing for the playoffs, you know, in the ALCS, everything kind of went wrong with players getting hurt slash suspended. And they had four really close games, but ultimately get swept by the Royals. Like, those are some of my favorite moments, um, you know, of my, if you want to say my radio career or my adulthood. Yep of being an Oriole fan, yeah. and, and I loved it, and I, I miss it, and when they said they were doing the rebuild, I'm like, all right, and I kept saying on when I was going with Scott, like, be careful what you wish for. Everybody's saying, blow it up. Oh, it sucks. You blow it up. Yeah. It's going to take a long time. Yeah, it sucks, no doubt. Jeremy Kahn is with us, 105.7 The Fan. Of course, see his picks every day, pressboxonline.com. The nudes also. What? His picks. Oh yeah, you had a what you what you you ran oh you oh, I was, yeah, was a true yeah, I did yeah, say that. Post yeah. what I, I said yeah, yeah press right. box online we yeah, do we, we yeah, hosted yeah, all baby Jesus Christ man. I'm like what, what? <laughs> but, a but you there. you had a like a you had a perfect slate the other day didn't you well, almost it was so and this is what I was talking about this morning on Friday I was giving I love it when you you kind of give the reasons why you like something so much and because like for example the Dodgers were playing the Rockies. And it was in L.A., so it wasn't in Coors. And the total on the game was nine and a half, and David Price was on the mound. And people were taught, like, you looked at it, David Price had, a, at that point in time, had an ERA of, like, uh, three-point-something. Like, he was pitching well from the ERA standpoint. But then you went and looked at his whip, and his whip was over one and a half a game, or one and a half an inning. So you know, like, he's putting runners on. He's just been getting very lucky to get out of jams. And it's not like Colorado's offense is great. They were going up against Chi-Chi. And Chi-Chi's a contact guy. Chi-Chi Rodriguez usually, is pitching yeah. now? Yes. Chi-Chi Gonzalez. What, was it Rodriguez? It's, it's one of the Chi-Chis. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they get, at Chi-Chi Gonzalez, they gave up, uh, you, like, I think the Dodgers' like um, team run total was like six and a half. And typically you only see that in really bad weather games with the wind blowing out or good weather games, depending on how you're looking at it, um, or at Coors Field. You don't typically see totals that high uh, for teams. So – I'm going, this is a perfect scenario where the, the Dodgers like betting the over. And then uh, another game that I loved was the Cubs game where the wind was blowing out and they were playing the, the Diamondbacks. And when I gave it out, it was 11 in the morning. But as soon as I, I sent it over to press box, you know, for the people to post it, it gets posted. Immediately the line drops a, a run. So I don't know if on the site I was on, it was a bad line or what, but I still like the over. Um, and that game went over. But the only game I lost on Friday was the Yankees-Red Sox, and it was 8.5 and, and it finished at 8. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was seven and one. It was a good day overall. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I come back Saturday, I had another winning day yesterday. I missed my top play. Went, I went 500, but I went two and one in the top plays overall. So hey, taking some things, it, it, you know, things there for a while, it felt like I was treading water where it's like three and three, three and three. Oh, now you're four and six or what, you know? Um, and then it was nice to have one of those days again where you, uh, you, you almost sweep the board. You care about basketball. Mm-hmm. Are are you invested at all in the Olympics? No, I mean, I, like I want to see the games. To be honest, I don't check the schedule to see when they're playing. If I'm home and it's on, I'm going to watch it. Uh, it, it. To be honest, if there's a replay, I'd probably watch it. Um, 
but I haven't been like I haven't made it appointment setting, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because of how they did the exhibition round, and I just don't believe in this team. Like Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, and who else? Who am I missing? Uh, Devin Booker. They all just got there at the same time um, to join the team. They didn't play much. They didn't play all that much in the last game, but you know, it's just the big talk has been with France beating them. France has four NBA players in their starting lineup, and they have three other guys on the bench, one of which isn't playing is Frank Nielakina from the Knicks. Um, and then people are just trashing this team for losing to them. And, and it wouldn't be an issue if they hadn't lost those exhibition games. It's not like losing to France is the worst right. in the world. Like they, they have good players. They have the defensive player of the year on their roster. And along with Evan Fournier is another really good player. That's a potential all-star year in and year out, depending on where he's at. And he went off in the game. The reason they lost that game is they scored 11 points in the third quarter. Like Kevin Durant was missing open shots. Jason Tatum missed open yeah, shots. That, that, just, the possession at the end where they missed three wide open threes yeah, in one possession. It's, it's just really, really bad. And then, of course, they, they lose the game and now everybody's destroying them. I don't think they deserve to be destroyed, but it is wondersome why they're not playing better with the talent that they have. Um, I just don't understand that, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I'm not – like, I – there's so I actually like the Olympics. I'm an Olympics guy in general. When the sports part of it, right? Like I'm I'm part of it mm-hmm. is there's a great tennis tournament involved, and so like, you know, when you love tennis, it's an excuse to have an extra cool tennis tournament. Um, but like I I I don't I am not worked up. And I said and we were talking about this a second ago. There is a lot of countries in the world where playing for your country is so much more significant than what you're going to do in the NBA. And in America, it's just not that. It, it it's not. We're we're largely indifferent towards. We, I mean, we ex, we expect a win, but we're largely indifferent towards you know Olympic basketball. We only care if they don't win. That's the only time mm-hmm. we ever care. Yeah. Whereas these guys that are playing for France, like the Evan Fourniers of the world, this is as important as anything he's going to do in the NBA because it's that big of a deal what they might accomplish in France. Yeah. No, I I agree with that totally because. Like, you, you know, and then some people were saying, well, these guys don't play together with each other. And, I'm, and I was saying, well, the, the French team has seven NBA players. Do you think these guys go, hey, Team France, time to have a pickup right, game, right. you know, bring my four other French friends and go play ball? No, but, I mean, they're they're very capable. Like, basketball is such a weird sport that everybody knows how to shoot, everybody knows how to play. If the shot's falling, you get hot, you have a good night, you know, crazy things can happen. And, uh, you know, subversely, the same thing can happen when you're not, when you're off and you're not playing well. This team has looked bad in a couple of these games. Like, losing to Nigeria, to me, is embarrassing. Like, extremely embarrassing. Losing to France, uh, if it was Argentina, I mean, if you just saw, like, Luca just dropped 48 in the game. I saw that. Um, he had 31 in the first half. And you look at some of these other teams, they're, they're talented, but there's so much talent on Team USA. And one of the things we talked about this morning on our show was, like, When's the last time they've actually had the 12 best players in the NBA? Ah, yeah. You know, like, or American players. It was probably, and, like, 2008, right? I See, but I don't even know then. I would go back to 92, and even then they didn't bring Isaiah Thomas, who was probably one of the 12 best players at that point. Um, and Christian Leitner could have kept his ass home. Right. Uh, you know, but, but – Well, yeah, but you know, Michael didn't want him. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the reality. But, but, but I'm just saying, like, the funny thing is, like, you know, and Rob brought it up, the last three MVPs, are all foreign players. Yep. And, you know, Luka's going to win one probably next year. He could have won one this year, technically. But you had Jokic and Giannis the previous two. Um, some of the best players in the league. If we were to map out the top 20 players, I'd be willing to bet you six of them are foreign-born players. Uh, that's probably you know? true. I mean, that's. I mean, if, I, if we really sat down and thought about it, that's probably about true. 
Um, and yeah. it, but like the, you know, this has been coming. It's been coming that that that, that it was going to be difficult, and you combine that with so many guys that chose not to participate this time around, and it's. it's but but aren't you also because I, I I even the '92 Dream Team I love telling the story about when the college players came up like the best oh, college yeah, the players, select they team, right. yeah. Yeah, they they uh they handled the the dream team the very first time they played them, and Chuck Daly turned the scoreboard off when the media came in. So the next night, Larry Bird and the boys just went at them and just beat the ever loving crap out of them and did what they were supposed to do. But it's almost like the team that wins the Super Bowl or the NBA championship when you're going to play whoever you're going to play Memphis or if it's the Buccaneers next year and they go to play um, the Tennessee Titans. Aren't you going to see the best Tennessee Titans team that night or yeah. expect to because yeah. they're playing up? And I think that's the way it is with Team USA in basketball. It's just, it's almost a foregone conclusion in our mind that they're going to win. And when they play poorly, it's like, well, what's wrong with them? Right. Maybe it's just a bad stretch. Right. Maybe, right. maybe or they're they just, tired. Or they know. just might not be the best team. They just might that's not it. be. And that's the reality. Very fair. Yep. 100%. Yeah. What else is going on in your world, man? Well, I've been uh, – so I'm actually getting ready to go on vacation. Um, I'm still good to come on next Monday, so feel free to call me. Where, I'm not going to be doing Where are you headed? Uh, Ocean City for a week. Okay. So All right. I leave Wednesday. Pour, pour in the jungle juice in the, uh, in the sink and, and make yeah. it happen. Right? The bathtub. Get the bathtub going. for the yeah. jungle juice, I Steal guess. Steal other people's beer. Yeah, yeah you, put, you put the ice in the sink to put the beer in. That's the way that it works. Yeah. That's <laughs> so. the way that it works. But no, I mean, so my, my younger son, I talk about him all the time. He's, uh, he's different. He's just built different. Um, he loves ocean city. Like we took him to Mexico in this really nice resort. Food was amazing. Excursions were amazing. Wants nothing to do. with. He it. wants to be at the Jolly Roger, man. That's just the way that it goes. <laughs> yeah. Can he I wants... get on a banana boat? Yeah. Tomorrow? Right. He yeah. wants to go play putt putt, bro. <laughs> so, and, and he was like, so when we took him to Mexico, he literally wouldn't eat anything. Like I took him around this buffet that had. I'm talking like a hundred different things to eat. Like even breakfast. It's like, what are the basics? Bacon, sausage, French toast, pancakes, waffles, you know, fruit. Like the ba- he's like, Oh, I don't want anything. And he would sit on the <laughs> beach with his hoodie on what the hell? black hoodie. You know, it's 106 degrees on the beach and he just sit out there and sweat his ass off. And, and, but when we go to ocean city, he loves it. So uh-huh. every year now, because of him, I hope he realizes this. We go to Ocean City. Hey, man, you're a better father than I am. I would say, kid, you got to suck it up, dude. <laughs> we're going. Well, we, he had to going. suck it up while we were there, but it's just like, you know, it, it was a really expensive trip. And it, yeah. Look, Ocean City can be expensive, but um, but still, it was. Uh, he likes it, so we go down, and I always try to map out all the things that he wants to do because it's literally the only thing he, he does with us. He kind of keeps to himself and. That's his own thing. My wife tried doing the bit when we were down last week. She was like, because my, my kid has spent all year talking about going and doing go-karts the way that we did last year because it was the first time we well, ever did go-karts. The 4 wouldn't shut up about secrets. He was yeah, like, he was like, I got to get to Fager's Island. Man. <laughs> and, um, but my, he kept, and my wife was like, don't bring up the go-karts. Like, see if he forgets like, because we're at the beach and doing things all week. And I didn't know how to say to her, like, baby, I'm not going to forget. I want to go do the go-karts. <laughs> so I would, like, find excuses. Like, when she wasn't around, I'd look at me and be like, buddy, don't forget to ask her about the go-karts. Don't forget. So gotta... my son – so I'm sorry. My, my son loves the slingshot on, okay. at the end yep. of the boardwalk. Yep. Uh-huh. So he loves going on it. Yep. So he asked me to go on it, and I said, you do realize that Dad has a horribly bad back. <laughs> and those, those type of, like, different rides like that, I get sick. I get, like – I don't know when it started in my life. Like, I'd be the guy really? who got on a roller coaster and ride it 10 times in a row and say, go ahead, let's do it in 11. Now if I go to an amusement park, may, two, maybe three roller coaster rides, and then I'm throwing up. Wow. And I don't know what happened, Jeez. why it's that way. It, it just is. So he's, And it's almost like 
I said, do you want me to get on the slingshot with you? And his eyes got really big. And he was like, yeah. And I said, you know it's going to make me sick? And he's like, yeah. That, that was, yeah, correct. That's why I want you to do it. 100%. Like, what yeah, what's wrong with you? You, you yeah. want me to feel pain? I'm the one that brought oh, you here. So. At JeremyCon1057 on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, uh, picks every day, pressboxonline.com. Anything you want to plug about the Big Bad Morning Show this week? No, the only thing I want to plug is uh, Moe's Rose. So our buddy Dean yep. over at threadlevelmidnight.com. Uh, the sale ends on Wednesday where you can get a commemorative T-shirt for Moe's induction into the Hall of Fame. Um, they're doing it for, for that game where, you know, what, Devereaux, Joe Angel, a bunch of people going into the Orioles Hall of Fame, but the one that's most important to me is is Mo Gabba. So um, I'm going to be at the game with them. I just got my ticket today, so they're going to they're gonna close it off on Wednesday. So if you guys want to get tickets, uh, go to threadlevelmidnight.com. And Jeremy Kahn, appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Monday. Yeah, man, thanks, guys. Jeremy Khan joining us here on GCR as he does every week. Today's show also brought to you by Sports and Social. If you've not been yet, I have no idea what you're waiting for. It is amazing. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. It's the perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social MD. Come see for yourself. Book your table now. SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Dan, speaking of basketball, Glenn, are you just going to avoid the conversation? I mean, I... I don't think anybody's interested anymore a week later in uh, talking about the Phoenix Suns. So I, I, it's a bummer. I'm bummed. Um, Giannis is amazing. You know, I, I don't know what else you want me to say. It's a real bummer for me. I'm disappointed by it. But uh, obviously uh, Giannis is a, a, a becoming a transcendent. It's the thing that we talked about. You don't, in basketball, you don't become a transcendent figure until you win championships. And... By doing what he did, Giannis put himself in that place where he can become an absolutely transcendent figure. Do you think he and Simone Biles are the two most athletic athletes? I'd have to think about that, too. I don't, it's a tough I don't question. Know. Yeah, I, I really, hard, hard to measure, I, but I, Simone yeah, Biles clearly deserves I don't know. Oh, mention, she's, no doubt. She's remarkable. There's Giannis no doubt about at 7'1". Like. Yeah, he's incredible. There's there's no debate. He's it's, it, Honestly, there is a part of you that, that's like, why don't you do this every game? Like, like You see what he did when he just decided, even from the first half to the second half of game six, you're like, why Why wouldn't you? And I guess the answer is you get tired at some point. Like, you'd, you'd I mean, wear down. He almost does. I mean, they got not yeah. 50 points. But not, you get what I mean, I'm like, saying. it seems like why wouldn't every possession just be go get to the rim and bully everyone on the way? It's it's crazy to me. But he's he's unbelievable. There's no doubt. He seems to be a, a pretty quality human. So that's pretty cool. All right. Uh, we continue to preview uh, training camp. Ravens veterans reporting this week as the season is in front of us. Our next guest, of course, uh, man, it's an important season for him. He is Ravens edge rusher Jalen Ferguson, and he's back with us here on GCR. Jalen, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's great to chat with you as always, man. Thank you so much for taking some time for us. I appreciate you having me back again. Yeah, man, it's good to chat with you. How's your summer been? What have you been up to? Working out, like you said, it's a big year for me. No so, doubt, man. I've been on my mind. Hey, hey, hey Jalen, can you explain for for people that don't maybe fully grasp it? Uh, there was a lot made last year about the difficulty of not having the off season and OTAs and not having training camp in the preseason. Can can you explain that? Like, how different was it, and how much better do you think you're going to be? The team's going to be for having all of that time and sort of the normalcy of this past off season. 
I mean, last year was a, you know, it was a completely different year than anybody had in the past. You know, we all locked in. We, you know, everything was pretty much virtual. We didn't know when we can get back together with each other. Then when we did get back together with each other, it was always a reason why we couldn't be back together with each other. And uh, at the point we didn't know the whole world was going to go back to normal. So going through football season, going through camp, you know, camp get a little tedious. That's why we throw in preseason games, you know, free stuff up. But last year we didn't have none of that. We didn't have no preseason games. We yep. didn't have no no camps. We didn't you know, go live nowhere else. And that was hard. That was tough. It was tough going against the same guys every day. Even though those guys are great, but, you know, we get to a point where we need some competition. We need to see what sure. we're working with. Sure. And we also need the fan. you know, we need the fans to build some confidence in the team. They got to see some preseason games, you know, get everybody excited about the ball. And then, like, playing in the stadium on game day with no fans and no people around. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I I think you'll be good never doing that again, right? <laughs> I mean, crazy if I never had to do it again. Yeah. But still, playing ball is playing ball. But I feel like with everybody coming back, it's going to be a welcome change. Even with people being welcome back to come to training camp practices, it's going to no be doubt. a very welcome change right now. No doubt, man. It'll be a great atmosphere, and you can sense how badly people want to get out there to see you guys. It's been far too long. You know, Jalen, we're alluding to it, right? Like, and, and you said it, it's a big year for you in year three and, and that, that ready to take up and, and, and take that next step and get to that next level. What, how, how do you approach that? Like, knowing you can't force it, right? There's nothing that you can do in the offseason that guarantees that this will be the year where you have 15 sacks, right? Like, you, you can't it, – it doesn't work that way. But how do you approach this year knowing how important this year is for you in year three of your NFL career? I mean, I'm surrounded by the right guys. I'm surrounded by guys who, you know, have success like Tyus Bowser. He's currently in the middle of success right now. And it's hard to be around somebody like that who just got paid, just made the deal of a lifetime and still work hard every day. Hmm. It's hard to be satisfied being around a person like that. Then we got fresh young blood in the building too. So, you know, I'm like, I'm not a young guy no more. You know, it's not like my rookie year where everybody was talking about me. I'm the young guy coming in. So, you know, there's a little pressure on my back, too. I like it. I like the thrill of the chase right now. Is there is there anything in particular for you that you say, this is this is what I know I'm different? Maybe, you know, you change something body-wise. You change something. Is there anything that you do that maybe you haven't done before that you think can translate results-wise? I mean, I thought I did that last year, but last year was a brand-new year. You know, everything different. So this year, I'm just going to wait. We're going to wait and see back and see how everything goes because you know, we going to get different people. We got a whole training camp. We got a preseason, yep. a long preseason. Get a chance to show everybody what I'm doing versus just sit around and talk about it. Last year I talked about it a lot, and I don't feel like I got a chance to really do anything. Jalen Ferguson is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Jalen, um, you know, what is it so far that you would say you're most proud of that you've accomplished in your NFL career, That the strides maybe that you've made? And and where would you say, hey, here's a stride that I still think I need to make as far as being a professional football player? I think one of my biggest compliments is being a professional football player. You know, just being here is one of the best things, biggest things I've ever did in my life. No doubt. What I need to do better is stay here. I need to maintain, put my stake in the ground, give me a reason to be around. That's not like I did in college. I did in high school. I had reasons for all that stuff going on. So far, I feel like I, I got my reasons, but I ain't showed enough yet. And I feel like I'm at the prime of showing everybody why I'm doing this or why I got drafted the spot I am or why I got, came to the Ravens, why the Ravens chose to pick me. 
And, and, and there's every reason to feel like that's going to come, clearly, right? Like, there's every reason oh, yeah. to believe that that's going to happen for you as oh, the season yeah. unfolds. Do you, do you start, like, do you feel any pressure, Jalen, or is it more like... I, no, it's more like bubbling anticipation. Okay, okay. You know, like, like, everybody ready for football season to start back up. Everybody ready for the world to open back up. We're not scared. We're just ready, ready for something different. I'm ready for something different, ready to do something different. The the fact that you guys have been so close as a team these last couple of years, right? Like your first taste of the NFL have been really good football and right there at the end. How much does that drive you beyond the personal stuff, but knowing you're literally on the cusp as a whole of doing something so special? Uh, they make you work harder. They make you work a little bit harder in the offseason. Like everybody work to play in the playoffs. We work in the play past the playoffs. Like we tasted that success before. We tasted that success multiple times. And we just, you know, we just can cash in that ticket. This year, the year, we're going to cash in that ticket. If not, we're going to hit it harder again, and we're going to keep coming back again with the same optimism, the same work that Because the Ravens playing in January. I mean, we can count on that, right? Like, we should go ahead and... Ravens playing in January. Yeah, right? That's It's a birthright around here, man. Like, we know you guys are going to be there through the end. Yeah, a lot of organizations can't say that, but the Ravens play, we play, there's, we ball. There's no question, man. There's no question. We count on that being the case. Um, uh, uh, Jalen, give me. Did, were you able to like you know again? Last year was so weird, right? You guys were stuck at home. Were you able to get out? Were you able to go anywhere? I know, like you know, being a dad is important to you. What What have the yeah. last couple of months no, been like? I've been up in the house because you know I got like you said, I'm a dad. I got my little kids. And I ain't trying to take the chance to get anybody sick. Man, I've been working out and going back and forth. I'm not trying to bring nothing from you know. I want to hang out and bring it back home or bring it back to work or be that guy that counts the football season again. Has that been – how much a conversation has that been with you guys? I know you guys are one of the teams that, like, a lot of guys have gotten vaccinated. Are you? Do you guys talk about that much and say, like, hey, you know, availability is really freaking important. Obviously, you guys went through a lot a year ago, right? Like, and and I don't know how much that's led to you. Is that something you guys are talking about? Man, everybody knows it's important right now. Like, we all we all been stuck here. We all looked at each other for a year. We all know what's at risk. If we step out or someone gets it or somebody jeopardizes the whole team, we all know the actual risk of it. And, you know, like you said, we're a great team. We're a close team. We explain that. We talk about it a lot. So I'm pretty confident my guys have up. We know we have our business. Most of us vaccinated. And the ones who are not vaccinated, they still carry their stuff, you know, carry our stuff accordingly. And yeah. so I coach Torres for that because he, you know, we keep a real tight shift. And you ain't really got to do it because the guys respect each other enough. Like, we don't want to go out and get each other's family sick. Uh, we don't want to go out and get anybody inside the building sick because that's our family too. How much How much did that, you know, I think a lot of guys talked about, you know, what you guys went through last November. And it was so much more than, than just having a game pushback. Like, they were guys whose families are really going through something. How How much did that help? Like, make it real for everybody and understand exactly what it was that you were up against when it comes to this virus. Uh, it, it made me realize, like, it's not a game. It's not just, like, looking like, oh, the virus coming. Like, people were going through real things. Yeah. And one thing I'm proud to say, like, we made a real difference between just being athletes and then being people out the field. Like, we wouldn't really jeopardize all our safety and our family safety for a football game or for a football practice. Instead, we was taking time, you know, make sure everybody was straight, make sure everybody's family was okay. Then we worry about football. And I love that about organization because, you know, clear head, we're going to fight. 
when it's hard to play play here, we always worry about your family. No, I can only imagine, right? Like my God, like it's it's just so un it's so unimportant in comparison. I get that like football is what you do for a living. Like I understand that it's more important than it is for me or for Kyle or you know, but but it's still it is nothing in comparison to like making sure that your family's okay and making sure that like everybody's all right. Fit, you know, like it's it. There's no way that it can compare. Only thing better than that is being surrounded by you know being in an organization that understands that. Being That's an organization huge. that understands that family comes first, God comes first, and the Ravens do. They understand, they respect, it, and they do their damnedest, they best to help show, make sure everybody's family straight before we get on the football field. Seems like there's been a lot of talk this off season about the Browns and like how they might be the quote unquote kings of the AFC North. I know you guys are just worried about yourselves and going out there and handling your business, but I imagine that. You know, you guys, the Baltimore Ravens, are, are looking forward to signing a show and that nothing's changed around here. You still expect to be the best team in the division, right? Yeah, but right now we're just looking forward to a preseason game. You know, got started step one, can't look too far into the future. I get that, man. I get that. Hey, hey Jalen, you know, I, uh, Marlon was on Twitter last night openly campaigning for, for Chandler Jones. It's an interesting thing, right? Like, Chandler Jones is a great football player. He's one of the best football players in football, but he, he kind of plays the same position that you do. Are, are you the type that says, dude, get me as many great football players around me as I can. I don't care where they are. Or are you like, you know, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that could take away some opportunities for me if that were the case. Man, we'll see. I never take away from the team, but at the same time, I'm ready for any challenge. Uh, a little competition never hurt anybody. I mean, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt. No comp. That's a great point. Iron sharpens iron, right? Like that's the way iron that you say. Iron. iron sharpens iron. Jalen, um, uh, man, I really appreciate you taking a couple minutes for us this morning. You got you got a message for Ravens fans that are are getting ready to come out and see you guys for the first time. Just how much how excited you are to to see them for the first time in a long time. Uh, we're gonna be in the bank this Saturday, so come see us in the bank. No doubt, man. Fireworks, special thing. Jalen, um, remind me where everybody's following you on social media. Man, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Daddy. Jay, Fer Jay Ferguson, just follow me on Instagram. I'll follow everybody back. No doubt, man. Hey, Jalen, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, man. We can't wait to see you out there. It's going to be a, a fun season, a special season to have everybody back there. Thank you for doing this, dude, and, um, and best of luck and, and health to you as the season goes on, all right? Appreciate you again. Jalen Ferguson, the Baltimore Ravens, appreciate him taking the time for us. Obviously, it is a big season for him. Um, you know, it's not it's not the final season of his deal, but expectations. When you're the all-time sack king in college, the expectation is that you're going to come in and put up huge numbers in the sure. sack department specifically. And you know, he knew as soon as as soon as we came on, he's like, "McMahon, I I have been worried about going out and doing stuff. I've been worried about one thing. It's a big year for me." I think we all know that it's the it's the, it's the part that could go unspoken, but we say it anyway, and and he knows. It's it's not playtime. It's I have to be zeroed in. There's a reason people are talking about Chandler Jones, right? There's a reason why people are having conversations it's about his greatest accomplishments being in the NFL. He's got to figure out a way to stay there, and that's that's where we are. Kyle and I talked about this, like. Jalen Ferguson almost certainly is going to make the team based on numbers-wise, but, like, there's some world in which some other guy... Undrafted guy or right. Malik Harrison wows at edge rusher. And, they say maybe we're better than and, we thought. He and was. all of a sudden, it's not guaranteed. 
that's the reality of a guy when you're not always active on, you know, like that's the reality of the circumstance that you're in. He's got to go perform. He's got to do that. And that conversation, it's pretty clear he's aware. He knows. It's a big camp for him. This is this is an important time for him. Nothing is given in the NFL. It's not the way that it works. He knows he's got to get out there and do the work. And now it's just a case of going and doing it. He, like, you know, it's one thing to say it. Obviously, you got to go accomplish it. That's the way that things go. But appreciate Jalen Ferguson taking the time for us this morning. Hour number two of today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Give them a call right now to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3, 410-401-9797, or go to C3America.com for your free analysis. And, of course, C3 brings you Stan the Fans shows every Monday and Wednesday on Facebook Live. Stan, appreciate he was doing double duty last week, doing this show and his shows. I appreciate that. Um, but Stan's got another Great week of shows ahead this week. Uh, former Oriole Shane Turner will be on with him and Ross tonight at 6 o'clock. And then on Wednesday night, Kevin Rocklitz, uh, Ravens uh, vice president, uh, is going to be on to talk about uh, them getting back to action and fans coming back and uh, also the impact of uh, sports betting in Maryland and what that means, what that looks like for the Baltimore Ravens. So two great shows with Stan this week. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, and you can watch them at PressBoxOnline.com the next day if you miss them. We'll come back in, Young Utes, as well as Tidbit and Tubular to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Thomas Kenzora profiles University of Maryland quarterback Talia Tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the Terps to Big Ten prominence this year. Also inside, Bo Smolka breaks down the Ravens' offensive line, a look at Coppin State's Olympic connection, and much more. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio. GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, John from Little Rock said something nice about you as well. Look, oh, did you? What? I'm John in Little Rock and not John. I see. You you thought he was always from Little Rock? I think I did a mix up with Paul from Obi Lando and John from Little Rock and sort of turned. But the they're both like, why would anybody Paul be listening to the show that they never? Were, they're both from. I I say. I say from for both of them, but like, did you think he was never in Baltimore? Well, you say from, so that's what I said. That's probably worse. Yeah, but I don't understand. He inferred it as me thinking he was like born in Little Rock, I think. Well, did you say something that would make him think that? I just said from. But did you say something that would make him think that he was never... From. Okay, you're, you're, you're saying this. That's I'm what not, I said. I you're didn't not, say you're like, not answering the question. I didn't say to Stan, yeah, no, he's uh, one of our listeners who's lived in Little Rock. I didn't say that, no. Okay, all right. Yeah. All right. That's, I don't know why it was difficult to answer the question, but... Um, if you said I said, that's more what it was. What? You said you say from sometimes. I, I do say from. That's not what I asked you. But that was his point of contention. That was where he brushed back at, he said, in, not all from. Right, all right. That's, you know what? Uh, you know what? John, I'll change that. If that's all we're talking about here... I'll, I'll change that. That's no problem. I got the sense it was something more than that. That was why I was asking. So that was fun. Glad we did that. Got that portion of the program through. It's time for this. <laughs> Who was in charge of the whistling while I was gone? I whistled my ass off. Yeah? Yeah, I'm a better whistler than you, Glenn. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. You say a lot of things. I'm not really sure if I believe any of them. And we're still weren't sure what what the song actually no, was. No, no idea. I don't even know what the song is. It's what a bit, what a weird bit. I told you what it was. Yeah, I don't listen to you. That's that's part of the problem. That's why we're in the predicaments that we're in. Huh? Every now and then, maybe pay a little bit of attention. What is the song? Young Folks by Peter Bjorn and John. Hmm. Jesus Christ. Hi, it's Young Utes. It's that time. Uh, Young Jack is here to deliver us Young Utes. Young Utes, 
brought to you today by the uh, print issue of PressBox, which is available right now, Talia Tungavailoa, on the cover. Go pick it up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Jack, what you got? So, yesterday, there was a... It seems like everything that Tom Brady does pretty much just blows up and goes yeah. viral. Yeah, th- um, this... So there was a video yesterday of Tom Brady. I guess it was like after practice or something. Um, he was seen throwing. <clears throat> he was playing catch with himself using one of those the jug machines that just like spits the ball yes. out to the wide receivers. And it's like one of the most impressive things. You're, I think you're I, under the impression this is real. It's well, most certainly not. Real. No. So then yes. that that's what I was you getting, were getting there. Yeah. So I'm, the video was blow like tens of millions sure, of yes. views all over everything you could possibly post a video on. Oh, it looks incredible. And it looks incredible. I mean, it looks like, wow, like how is anybody doing that? And people were going back and forth like, oh, maybe it's Brady. Like, you know, he if there's someone that can play catch with themselves using a jug machine, it's probably Tom Brady. I mean, I don't know anyone else that. I would maybe bet on Drew Brees over Brady, but. I mean, I think you you just have to be able to whip the ball in, right? With with with, and look, it's it can't be done. Let's not let's stop this. Mahomes, what? Maybe the one you bet on. I'd probably bet on Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes, Mahomes probably. He could definitely whip it in. I mean, it doesn't matter if you can whip it in or not. This can't be done. This is not a thing. I feel like the Utes don't know about the old fantasy file commercials. Remember those? Uh, A lot of people were sharing those yesterday in response, like where uh, Chris Cooley uh, catches a ball through a wall. Chris Chambers, yeah, does the one where he like. Overhand, yeah, one yeah. hands it. Oh, that that was get, that was getting shared around a lot yesterday. No, there's there was never a chance that this was real, but it's still a clever concept sure. for a viral video. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it obviously, I mean, whatever he does, people are gonna kind of draw attention to, it. and it's Brady. They just had the ring no, ceremony. But even but even if it was Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick doing this, like your response would be like, "Holy crap!" Because it just it, it was like that famous video of Michael Vick throwing a ball out of the stadium. Mm-hmm. That people wanted to, it, like, once people want to believe something is real, then they'll just, they it just, just doesn't, it doesn't, like, thinking about it critically and being like, could somebody actually do that? Like, you, I mean, you could do it if you tried over and over. Actually, maybe the jug machine wouldn't allow no, that. No, the happen. jug machine well, would I think not, you have, because you have to, like, push well, the, the wheels spin incredibly fast. The moment it hits the wheel spinning, it, it would, would presumably back. just, like, there bounce off. No chance that you could do yeah. this. No. Unless the football chance. was slightly smaller than the normal size football. In which case, it wouldn't get shot. Yeah, back it wouldn't. Out. It wouldn't work. Right. Yes, correct. So no, but I mean, it was still a very clever video. It was still that was the concept was do something, get attention. The chitty bang, do something it, crazy. Correct. Yeah, the chitty bang. Exactly right. One hundred percent. It's pretty much amazing, Tom Brady. Okay. So, I, I, what else? You you know, got? Real or fake, it doesn't matter. It gets people talking. He's Football, not the opposite of an right adult. Around, so. He's very much an adult. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Chitty Bang was so great. God damn, Chitty Bang was so good. It wasn't my cup of tea, but that's it's fine. It's the dumbest thing ever. They were incredible. I'm more of a Peter Bjorn and John fan. I've heard that about yeah. you. Um, so the second thing I have, you kind of touched on it a little bit, was the USA basketball, but I wasn't going to focus more on the Luka, the Slovenian whole aspect. I know you talked about it a little bit, but I didn't watch the game because it seems like these games are on at the middle of the night. But um, well, I don't. The U.S. games, I think, are all on Peacock. I don't think that they're putting any of them on TV. TV. I watched the a rerun yeah, of the USA correct. basketball. I don't think they're putting yesterday. any of them on TV yeah. live. Um, but I just wanted to kind of touch on the whole like this European international basketball, like in terms of the level of competition towards the NBA. I'm not saying that the, the this is tougher in terms of like the level of talent that each player is going to have to face, but it kind of just goes to show that like Luca not going and playing college and playing 
like uh, what he played for, uh, what was it? I forget the uh, Real net. Madrid. Yeah, that, whatever. When he was like the U seventeen, eighteen team, kind of just like is it's just mind blowing that like the NBA obviously like probably the most talented guys, the most talented league in the world. Mm-hmm. But when you bring twelve guys who are the guy on their team, it clearly doesn't work. Like we've seen it, we've seen it this you past. Say year. it doesn't work. The U.S. still won the last. Four gold medals, man. Well, not, what do you mean it doesn't work? No, I'm just talking about like for this. I guess year. it was only three, four, four, two thousand. So they won the last three gold. They medals. got a bronze that year, Glenn. Yeah, they did. Hell of a bronze. Yeah. But um, Luca dropped 48 yesterday, which I think the the world record for the Olympics is 55. Most, yeah. yeah, so we second most. But it's crazy that he's doing all of this only at 22. I mean, people f- like I I look at him and I think that this guy's been like a 15 year vet and like he's already accomplished everything. It really hasn't accomplished much, but. <laughs> I mean, in terms of... This is strange. I'm not sure what we're doing here. This is a strange... Uh, look, I, I, Luka Doncic is unbelievable. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what you're trying to say, Jack. No, I was basically <laughs> just trying to say that, like, in is, terms of... Like, is the point that Luka Doncic is amazing? Because if it is, yeah, a thousand yeah, percent. I mean, he's, just got, he's got people amazing. talking, and, I mean, it's, it's cool to see that a guy that young has that much ability to just completely dominate whoever he has to like who, who, well but he he's also more. on a team where he's going to be asked to do more as well than like if he were playing for the u.s th- and that maybe you could make an argument by the way you could make an argument that part of greg popovich's strategy at some point should be to go to either kevin durant damian lillard say stop being uh, unselfish we just need to play th- if, if whoever's on on that particular night it's their game, right? right? I mean, like, and that uh, there, after yesterday's loss, there was uh, some uh, comments made by like Dame Lillard and Kevin Durant that the the style that Pop uses in Olympic basketball is similar to what he uses in the NBA, but it's not really how like the NBA is played in like a modern day in terms of like you want to share the ball, pass, get like get the open look. When you have guys like that, when you have Kevin Durant, Dame Lillard, who can just single-handedly take over a game whenever you really need him to. I mean, you saw yesterday guys were passing up wide-open shots just so they could get that extra pass to a guy who may not even have been it, the and, best look. And for what it's worth, this is this was what was discussed about what made Mike Krzyzewski a great Olympic coach, was getting these guys to buy into that concept, right? Like, to buy into the idea of being unselfish, to buy into the idea of doing something different than what you would do in the NBA, I think there is an argument, and again, we're overreacting to one game, but I do think there is an argument about whether or not that really is the best strategy or if there should be more selfishness. It just should be a selfishness to whoever's night. That within a few minutes of a basketball game or with by at least through a first half, you should be able to figure out whose night it is, who's just feeling it, and saying it's their game now. Go, also go do sort it. of... I mean, Durant has probably had first halves where he's been cold and then come on like crazy in the second. And there's something to be said. There is something. I'm not saying there's nothing to be said for that. There's something to be said for that. There's no. It, there's. It's not. It's not no a real perfect science. Reason, right? It's easier for for Luka Doncic every night. He knows it's going to be his night. On that team, he's going to be the one that's going to be expected to be able to get it done. Whereas the U.S., the concept that they've preached in the Jerry Colangelo era has been we want you guys to buy into being unselfish when you get there. Otherwise, Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, these guys would all presume, well, it's my team. You know, every single one of these guys JaVale is that, that guy. Yeah, JaVale McGee. Keldon Johnson clearly right. has just been thinking, like, I should be the guy, man. Keldon Johnson. All right, what's uh, number three? 
Um, so the third thing is on Thursday. So every Friday, it's like New Music Friday. Sure. And last Friday, there was supposed to be like the biggest anticipation for Kanye West's new album, and he had a listening party at the Falcons' new I have new so stadium. many questions about this, but it, you're about to tell me that he's living there? Yeah. yeah so like, r- I'm, I'm going to run you through, walk you through like the whole little last few days with Kanye, because it's like the weirdest thing I've ever seen a person do in the music industry up until this point um so he's had a few of these yeah so it's not the first time he's pulled pulled something like this um i think the first time he pulled specifically something like this well this is a new one this is oh i think living in a stadium (laughs) is definitely i've never well yeah so he had on thursday he had a very uh, i think it was actually sold out i think they had like sixty thousand people and they came just to listen to a it's the weirdest like we, we this by the way if you want proof of a society no longer having value 60,000 people choosing to purchase a ticket just to, to listen to listen to something and watch a man stand on a football field. <laughs> right. He just I, I don't care who forward. it is, more or less some of the troubling things we've known about Kanye in recent years. I I wouldn't care if it was Jay-Z. I don't care who this person is. Paying your American dollars to watch a man stand on a football field while songs played in the background off of title or whatever the f he uses. Well, no, it wasn't title. N- not available on streaming services. Oh no. <laughs> Whatever. Well, it's, it, I know the album's yeah. still not out. Uh, um, yeah, so that was so it was supposed to release on the day. Fri- after, yeah, 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 so midnight Friday, sure. and everybody you know goes to Spotify, Apple Music. It's not there. People are kind of freaking out. I I personally am not not the biggest rap fan, so I mean I don't I don't really take too much into this, but. A lot of my friends, people all over the internet are talking about, like, where the hell is this album? And it's now Monday. The album was supposed to drop on last Friday. And now there's a set new release date for August 6th. So that's going to have, you know, more anticipation. And then it's just now it turns out that he went to a um, Atlanta soccer MLS game. Well, the, the, it turns out he's living in the stadium. So, yeah, so he's actually he's, in Mercedes, stu- it, uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta it, living it there. It might be a Howard Hughes situation. Like, he might be peeing in bottles. I don't I don't know. <laughs> do you think they give him, like, a luxury suite? Like, do they have beds there? But I just want to know. I really, what I, what I he's, am he's fascinated... He's hanging out Matt Ryan's I am locker. fascinated by, like, how did the conversation go? Did he just not leave? Like, did he... Was this prearranged after Thursday night, or did he just like? I think he'd have to have access to a room, right? Like he would have to be able to. Like the suites, like at these stadiums, are unbelievably nice. Like you could definitely. But they don't have beds. Uh, they might genuinely. I'm sure, they, they could bring they, Kanye they, in a bed if they really wanted they, but to. They, and it's possible there's at least one that does because like there is there's staff that maybe works there that like every now and then has to sleep there, something along those lines. But I would think Kanye probably demanded... Oh, a certain bed, like, yeah. you got to go get mine? Oh, I don't doubt that for even a second, that that's the case. And so they, they like, wheeled in a recording studio for him? But I want to know, like, did he force his way... This is the part that's interesting to me. Did Was there some agreement between, like, I'm going to come do this thing, and if the album's not done, I want the option of being able to stay there until the album is done? Or did he do this thing on Thursday night... And they were like, all right, uh, Kanye, thanks for swinging by. Like, thanks for hanging out. And he was like, well, I ain't going anywhere. Like, did did he just spring it upon the people? Just hand them a check and be like, I'm going to be here for a while. And they were like, well, okay, we got, uh, we, we'll got, make room for you. You know, like, that's the part that's interesting to me. Well, it's like a, th- it's like a common-ish thing among rappers where, like, the, the day where they're supposed to release, like, their next hit-selling album, it won't come out on that Friday as, like, a kind of build up the hype even more so like people even though? get to talk about it. I don't it, think it is. Kanye's done something Well, like you're talking about before. rappers like Kanye is El- this is more of a Kanye thing than it is a rapper thing, I think. I, I think, think roast is... release dates are pretty much 
you kind of abide by them. You try to yeah. because you're doing. There's a lot. There's somebody who's putting in a lot of marketing right. dollars, and like they want to get their money's. Look, I, this guy. I, I hate talking about him so much because I. He's insane. I, 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 it's somewhere, but I like. I think he has mental health problems, no, and yeah. and like as a country, we're. It's a weird thing where like I think we're kind of abusing him, but at the same point, like I, he's brought it on himself, so I I don't feel. It's a weird place where I am with this guy, where I don't, I just don't want to give him that much attention. Also, his music isn't good anymore. I, I, and I do. That's part of it for me too. I, I once upon a time thought he made really good music. Well, he, I think um, he pretty much objectively did, right? Like his first three albums or four albums or whatever you want to say, yeah. I mean, eight hundred eight and heartbreaks notwithstanding, were, were were widely considered to be great albums. Yep. Well, and there's still a lot of people that think that he makes. There's uh, still me, a good I producer. Was, on Thursday night, I was really excited about Leon Bridges' album dropping. It was good. Because Leon Bridges is amazing, mm-hmm. right? By the way, he's coming to Ram's Head Live. I am freaking the F out about that. He's a play, he's, he plays so many bigger venues than Ram's Head Live that he's going to be playing a show at Ram's Head Live. It's a Sunday night after a Ravens game in September. I'm very excited about it. Um, but make a day out of it, huh? But everybody's talking about, and I realize like this is everywhere. It's all anybody's talking about on social media is this stupid Kanye West thing. And I kept thinking like, oh, he's got to be doing a concert, but it's not a concert. He's just standing on a football field, like walking around while this album. I'm like, at least you can see his face. He's wearing pantyhose over his face <laughs> for some reason. It's the the most bizarre thing. And yet he apparently just moves into the stadium, and like nobody's talking about how weird that is. The second part being. Apparently, he was supposed to be like a surprise performer at Rolling Loud this weekend. A surprise that everybody was in on. Like, he was supposed to go on Sunday and, like, perform. Was in California? No, it was in Miami. Oh, okay. He was supposed to go show up at Rolling Loud on Sunday night to perform this album. And well, that's about when you drive a car and you have the music playing really loud, you know? That's right, correct. Rolling Loud, yeah, exactly yeah. what it is. And, like, just didn't because he's. He doesn't want to leave. I, I'm really concerned. I also think it's sort of a bit of a acknowledgement that the album sucked, and it, he was nowhere near done. And he did that thing where he decided to release the album and said, "I'm going to make an album." And then he made it and was like, "Maybe this, maybe this is not ready yet." I don't know, man. Well, he had the release date of last Friday, and then on I believe it was Wednesday morning, like a leak of a lyric came out, and it was a feature with it was about Giannis, Giannis and about it. winning so, yeah, and all that. So yeah, clearly, like, he was working on. He implementing something after the finals of who was, I mean who would have not like a year in advance planning for this album. Uh, whatever, man. I, I I I we've spent too more time than I would have liked to on. Kanye I don't think I listened with, to his last but, one. But I do think the living at the stadium part no, is fascinating because yeah. I am I am not convinced that it's definitely not a Howard Hughes. Somebody situation. said he went full on Phantom of the Opera. Is, I don't know what they mean by that. Well, he lived in the doesn't the Phantom of the Opera live. At the I've got to be honest with you. I am not a fan of the Ox- he opera was expert. Wearing, uh, he also was wearing a mask. Oh, uh, that part I did know about the Phantom of the Opera. I did know that. So, I, I, know. I'm sorry. And I he's just walking around with it now. He went to the yeah. soccer game with. Well, that, that also was too. a weird bit to me. <laughs> is like it didn't seem like it created that much of a mob scene at the soccer game. Like, well, he does. He's evaded paparazzi wearing masks of late. There well, but like everybody, him, everybody knew it was him. I get it. It just didn't seem like. It created. I'm not sure everybody. I don't know if that like middle-aged white guy who was in the picture looking at him and being like, "What's this guy doing?" But knew it was how, Kanye West. There was West, a football you know? stadium full of people. There Those are not the same people going to see the Atlanta soccer team play. No, you're doing a bit. Kanye West is one of the most famous human beings on the face of the planet. It wouldn't matter. You're you're doing a bit now. It is really weird to me that it didn't create pandemonium, and it got out on social media really quickly. It was weird to me that it didn't create like pan. Like the guy was just standing there watching the soccer game. Not in the front row. No. Not like in seats where, no, like. That's wherever his suite is, probably. 
I, it was weird. It looked like man. it was the upper deck. Too. Yeah, it really it <laughs> it looked, looked like, like it was high up. It looked like it were not great seats. I hope it was high up. All right. Uh, thank, thank you, uh, Young Jack. That was uh, Young Utes for today. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you by Window Nation. 50% off all styles of windows. No money down. No payments. No interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. All right. So I know we are uh, a bit ambivalent, maybe not even at all, for Glenn with the Orioles' success. Uh, it is what it is. They swept the Nationals. First time they swept the Nationals at home since 2010, for what it's worth. It's also the first time the Orioles won on a day that John Means pitched since the no-hitter. And as they won that game after trailing in the eighth inning, they are now officially 1-51 when trailing after eight innings. How about that? Baseball teams... When leading by four or more runs in the eighth inning or later are a combined 132 and seven this season. So I don't understand why people don't just do it more often. Yeah, well, you'd say that, but the Yankees are responsible for three of those seven it's, losses it's, in that context. It's so embarrassing, isn't it? Good times. Love it. I mean, that part, that part I'm all good with. Uh, of course, the Orioles now, uh, the Rangers are within shouting distance when it comes to the draft, and they're not just losing. Boy, they are sucking the entire way through. They have not led in any of their last 10 games, <laughs> the Texas Rangers. That's so, yeah, hopefully they don't trade Joey Gallo. Let's hope they keep some of their players. Shohei Otani, homer again. I don't know if you heard, but uh, Creed Willems is going to be the next Shohei Otani. I did hear that. 35 homers in 98 games for Otani. He is the fastest American League player to reach 35 or more home runs since who? Chris Davis. Yes. Okay. That All is right. correct. Chris All Davis right. of course in 2013. It had to be there had to be a reason why you were putting this on here like I otherwise I just had to think of guys that had a bunch of home runs. Could have done that too. I mean, I could have, but that doesn't sound like that much fun. That doesn't sound like it's all that pleasant. You know who is not good at trivia? Who? Ken Zales and Stan Charles. Well, I mean. <laughs> I, Stan sometimes gets upset I mean, about trivia. I, that's, <laughs> that, that was more what I was concerned about. <laughs> I gave him some layups more so. Well, that's good. That's Mostly good. baseball. I think entirely baseball. Unfortunately, the Suns missed a lot of layups in the first half of game six of the NBA Finals. That would have been really pleasant if they – all right, now. All right, Tubular brought to you tonight by uh, Great Eights Memorabilia. The Purple Takeover at the State Fair is coming. Hollywood Brown, Adafe Owe, Lenny Moore. I think you've heard of him. He's in the Hall of Fame. Ben Cleveland, Ben Mason. Not all the Bens, because there actually are other Bens on the roster, and they're not going to be there. But a lot of the Bens, a good number of of the Benz will be there. Plus, as if all that wasn't enough, Dalen Hayes is going to be there. Sean Wade, James Prochet, Ronnie Stanley. Going to be an awesome event. There is a ticket available at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com for $350 that gets you all 10 photos and autographs. $350. Now, individually... For example, Hollywood Brown is going to cost you $65. Adafi Owe, $60. Now, some of the rookies are more like $30, $35. But you do the math, you're saving something like $75 by getting the mega ticket. Great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight. Great8smemorabilia.com right now. 
to get your tickets for the Purple Takeover at the Maryland State Fair. That's going to be special. Here's what's coming up. Riggity Row is coming. Who? Chappelle Joe. Oh, sorry. I'm 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 still working my way back, man. I'm still working my way back into the mix. Uh, Orioles off the night. Madison's got Nationals Phillies at seven. MLB Network Braves Mets at five. ESPN Red Sox Blue Jays at seven. ESPN two the basketball tournament at seven. Olympics coverage on NBC starts at eight. On CNBC at eight, and on USA at eleven. Uh, nothing on NBCSN until four thirty tomorrow morning. Um, some of the coverage tonight includes uh, USA China men's volleyball at midnight on NBC, USA Spain women's beach volleyball at eight on CB- CNBC, USA South Africa water polo at nine. You never miss that, Kyle. When those teams get together, USA Brazil beach volleyball on the men's side at eleven on USA, USA Nigeria women's basketball twelve thirty a.m. on USA. And then the U.S. women's national team, the soccer team, is facing Australia at 4 a.m. on the USA Network. Again, uh, if, if, you, uh, you know, if you just don't sleep, um, those are all options for you. And then the softball gold medal game is over. Is, it's more in the morning tomorrow, really. It's at 7 a.m. It's going to be on NBCSN. Um, and the U.S. will play Japan for the gold medal I believe there is some word about there being a typhoon warning in Japan mm. on top of everything else. Yeah, so not, right? pile on. Yeah, not not sure if uh, that'll impact anything, but um, USA Japan for the gold medal, 7 a.m. tomorrow morning on NBC Sports Network, the Olympic Channel for Olympic Tennis, uh, Francis TFO in action again overnight tonight, and the USA Network at 8 for WWE Monday Night Raw. Some non-sports highlights. Non-sports. Not a whole lot going on this evening. Uh, American Dad, 10 o'clock on TBS, if you are so inclined. HBO has something called Catch and Kill, the podcast tapes. Okay. 9 o'clock. You're doing the jack bit. You need to talk directly into the microphone. Excuse me. Trying to talk into the side of it. Kimmel. Uh, is not hosting. Anthony Anderson's hosting. It's been the case Jason for some Momoa time. Jason Momoa Chance the Rapper. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's at 11.35 on ABC. Everything else, just check it out at clarkradio.com. Thanks today to Jalen Ferguson. Thanks also to Creed Willems, Orioles' eighth-round pick, overslot guy. Thanks to Kevin Zeitler and Jeremy Kahn. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archive. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Stuff and things, irons and fires. Here we go. That's how I know I'm back. No, I'm back. Um, I'll try to get to Arizona and find out a little bit more about the Chandler Jones situation tomorrow. That would be a good thing to do. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the BMW Championship, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks, Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at K. Ottenheimer. Thanks to Jack as well. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go USA. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.